This is a comic book podcast that is streamed live weekly on youtube.com slash comic pop returns. If you are on YouTube and I know you are, make sure to subscribe to that channel so you can be part of the action yourself. You're going to hear a bunch of questions and comments here on today's episode. Why not add your voice to the show next time? I mean, granted, it will be my voice reading the question, but let's not get hung up on the semantics of it all. Just go to youtube.com slash returns and subscribe today. And if you want to help us out a little further, a nice review on this platform from you would be really appreciated. Make sure to catch the show live on youtube.com slash returns and visit patreon.com slash comicpop if you want to help us more directly. Hello, population. Welcome to another live episode of Off the Rack. Unless you're listening to the show after the fact, in which case you're just ch- checking out an episode of Off the Rack. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. We're going to be talking about comic books that come out this week. And also, Shazam! Fury of the Gods came out just this past week, along with those comics. And so we are going to chat about that. We're going to be talking all about the movie, spoilers, post credit scenes, implications, all that stuff regarding the DC universe. We will get into that. That will be spoiler territory. So warning, that's going to be towards the end of the show. So yeah. you can hang out and talk about comic books. And then if you missed the movie, or I wouldn't say they were missing it necessarily, uh, but if you deliberately avoid the movie, but you want to catch it some other time, you'll have an opportunity to miss the spoilers. Yes. The show is sponsored like by you out there. If you watch the show live, you can also sponsor today's show by using Super Chats. You can ask a question or comment. We'll read it here on the show. Uh, Flywheel Shyster earlier uh, said, hey, uh, Comic Pop, uh, appreciate you guys. Always making my day better. Thank you very much, Flywheel. Always appreciate you Thank there. Thank you very much. Uh, Colleen Hare jumped in and said, just a little donation in honor of World Down Syndrome Day tomorrow. Don't think I can put into words how much Anthony and I appreciate all you do. I owe you all a big thank you and say hi to say hi and to rock your socks tomorrow. Thank you very much, Colleen, for your support. Thank you. So great to see you here. Uh, it's great to see you when we uh, bump into you at shows. Um, it was so great to see Anthony. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you haven't already checked it out, you should check out uh, just Google W. DSD, and you'll be taken directly to uh, that worthy uh, cause slash uh, awareness day. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Rock Your Socks is a really great um, kind of awareness campaign where, uh, well, Google it and you'll, you'll get the whole exactly. uh, breakdown. But uh, thank you so much for watching, Colleen, and thank you, Anthony, for being uh, such a supporter of ours. We have your uh, Comic Pop logo poster right over there uh, when we first walk into the show. That's right. Or into do. the studio every yes. day. Uh, M says, Hellcat number one was surprisingly great. I especially dug the art. Unfortunately, she is not a character that sells, so I'd be surprised this does too well. Uh, I'd be surprised as well. I sure didn't read it. Uh, uh, so, you said you were gonna. Oh, uh, did I? I did. You did, because it, was, it, it was Cantwell. I remember I like, showed it to you. You were like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna check that you out. Did. But when I went back and looked, I didn't see it. It just, it just slipped right past me. It wasn't a lie. It was just <laughs> a mistake. I didn't read Danger Street either. So yeah, well, let's jump into some comic books that came out this past week. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Christopher Cantwell and Lan Medina's Gold Goblin number five, the finale of the Gold Goblin series, finally showing Norman Osborn as the Gold Goblin, teaming up with Peter Parker, the Spider-Man. Goldblin. The Goldblin, yeah. Uh, this has been... Gold, Goldblin? An opportunity for uh, them to explore Norman Osborn, his guilt, uh, sure. his new kind it's of like lease on it's life. It's an opportunity to hopefully keep some of you Spider fans in the Spider family whilst the Spider-Man title works itself out. That's right. Yeah. While it shakes off the old guard of Trying fandom. To... Just desperately shaking off those old fans. Get out, old fans. Uh, yeah. Don't you want to support like a murderer and uh, sexual assaulter like Norman Osborn as a new character who's gold? That's awesome. Uh, you you were enjoying this. What are you talking about? It's a great. It's actually. It has been. It had been. It was a. It was a terrific start. And what it can. What it would. It would essentially wore out its welcome. You know. You got like three issues of story in a five issue bag. 
And uh, not that the, the story was necessarily bad because all the Norman Osborn stuff uh, worked and uh, was interesting in as much as it was well executed. It, mm-hmm. was, it was well done. It was a nice product. Um, and the Gold Goblin stuff, not so exciting. You know, I, Ashley Kafka being the kind of like, I'm the manifestation of all of your sins put into one person's body who didn't want them in the first place. And now I'm here to get them. And it's just like, it, it's it's weird because the whole issue slash last three issues have been her attacking him being like, I don't want these. You should take these back. And him being like, no way. Fat chance. Yeah. I mean, if I were him too, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want, like, just put them someplace else. Isn't right. But like, there, you it, put them in? I, I, I would, I mean, if I were her, I'd be banging down the door of the sanctum sanctorum and being like, is this a magic thing? Can you just purge these or shoot them into another dimension? Like, what do I do with these? Yeah, meanwhile, with these if, depending on when you might set, you might this, get clear. I might be like, I'm going to blast you right into next week. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, that's fair. I'm not going to help you. It's, it, <laughs> it is a book about, few and poor options and uh it's kind of an interesting concept it you know i don't know if they really discuss this or, or consider it but the idea that like you know people should have a second chance right like if someone's yeah. truly repentant like should they have i guess the real question should someone get a second exactly chance? typically that second chance is earned this is a gift yeah he like, was he blasted really with a magic anything. it away. just kind of happened yep. he inherited this gift and now he's going to use it right but like does that lessen it does it lessen yes like him <laughs> you know like repenting or like making up for what he's, he's not done? he hasn't repented he just doesn't want to have to do it again oh I mean, like he is. Oh, I thought he's remorseful in as much as he now no longer has the insanity of the goblin and the sins thought, of his transgressions. I thought this was him being like, I need to make up for what I've done, he's even kind if of I didn't like that. that. But I got. I thought that's what this book was about. I haven't read it. It's kind so. of like that. That is that is a little bit about that, but it's mostly challenged because Red, because uh, Goblin Queen has been chasing him around, being like, "You need to take this back," and it's like the heroic thing to do would be like to take the sins back and then become the villain that he was born to be. That's a heroic. It is because it's like this woman didn't ask for this and I don't have any real, like he's not doing anything positive. He's not doing anything with the fact that he has no sins. He's just like, I don't have to deal with that anymore. That's great. Yay. Like this, this seems like a great time for the other member of the Spider-Man family to show up and make a oh, deal chasm? with him. No. Oh, you mean Ms. Mephisto? Mephisto? Yeah. To be like, I'll take those sins from you. But he already made a deal with Mephisto in the Nick Spencer run. Oh, right. That's what doomed Harry Osborn. Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that. he's a part of the Spider family, apparently. Yeah. The book is forgivably over. And I thought you liked this. It's fine. It's oh, okay. very fine. It ain't worth $5 or whatever the the cover price is. It's, it's just four. It's four dollars. It's not worth four dollars. If this was a book that was a buck twenty-five, two dollars. I, I could see people what leaving this on their book. What year are you living in? I'm just saying. A book that's a buck twenty-five. These books should not be as expensive <laughs> as they are. The book should be three dollars. Okay. Every monthly book should be three dollars. I'm sorry. It is the market can't support it. No. Like it, especially you, not you for can't. If, if yeah. you have to, have to print them. Well, like let me ask you this. Like you've just. And this is going to be our topic for today. Oh, uh, it is because it has to be because we have a. To- we need you know we we have news reviews and review and recommendations. So here's our topic it's like okay the comics are getting shorter the page quality is getting worse and prices are going up and competition is stiff what why should i spend triple the cost of a book always i have this book is six dollars that's outrageous there's no ads that's amazing now is it a debut is it a first issue it is so i mean that makes sense it is a first issue right but it is it is an oversized yeah 
Well, and the other thing and is, all of this is the story. The rest of it's like supplemental materials. Mm -hmm. Like, well, an know. image can afford to do that because that's Greg Rucka's problem. Yeah, I like, guess that's what it image is. Image is all about like you listen, you're taking on the cost. Yeah, I guess that's really what it is. Like, you could load it with ads. Mar we don't care. Our Marvel and DC are paying a much larger set of people to yeah. make this happen. Yeah, I guess that's really what it is. But it, like they do exist. Yeah, they do exist. It's just like I think all of the X-Men, like the Sins of Sinister, I think those are five bucks, but I think they're longer. Mm -hmm. I think. Here it is right here. Nope, never mind. I'm wrong. <laughs> They're just more expensive and yeah. also totally 25 pages. Because right, well, they know. They know they can get shit. But I guess it's 25 pages well, essentially of story because my thing's saying it's 25 pages. Yeah. And Comixology doesn't show you the ads. That's true. So I'm getting 25 pages of story, which That's means I guess it is technically longer if you yeah. got it in print. Yeah. No, it's true. So I guess it's, yeah. It's just like, I don't, I don't have a solution to this problem, this unique issue of like, you're in a niche market. You need to be competitively priced, but also you need to consider the, your your competition, which mm. is more expensive, or at least it's. I mean, if I if I buy two comic books, that's essentially the price of a monthly subscription to any streaming service. Right. Does that does does that equate? It doesn't. It doesn't correlate. You know, you you can't quantify two issues worth of story to the access you have of spending one month with netflix hulu disney plus anything like that mm -hmm. um now obviously we're talking about millions of dollars in production value but like the reality is you are going to compete with them but you're also competing with free content like tiktokers and youtubers and you know podcasters and so forth so like you are or you are going to compete with a, a wide array of things that may or may not be as expensive if not more expensive or less expensive than what you're offering but like as I've always maintained, comics need to reduce or erode the barrier to entry in every and any possible way. Like you need to remove any barrier because the because the social barrier still exists, regardless of how much progress we've made, regardless of how much work has gone into like making comic books accessible, diversifying the marketplace, diversifying the the, the demographics, and making superheroes, at the very least, part of the everyday conversation. If you were reading a comic book, a straight up monthly 22 page, 15 page comic book on the subway, on the school bus, wherever you are, there is a non zero percent chance. Now, there, I would say there's probably a 25 percent chance that somebody, if given the chance, going to give you a hard time about it or at the very least silently judge you. You could say that about a lot of things. Because you could, like you but I'll bet if you were holding a phone or a video game console like a switch less so and so that's the problem you have like a cultural stigma that has been inherited over the decades that is eroding and i will say that there is progress being made but largely it still exists and it's something you have to consider when you are making these kinds of leaps and so if you can't necessarily make like cultural seismic shifts or at least you you have to trust that the slow passage of time will hopefully make that happen then you got to find other places to cut and i think cost is one of them mm. what about you what like what's the deal with cost like do you like you know six bucks five bucks is this is this outrageous or is this less, like we're gonna have to deal with it i find other ways yeah <laughs> so i simultaneously do think that we had we were gonna have to deal with it because i completely understand it i don't love it but i do understand it especially coming from the big two because they do have a profit margin and they're not just like a, a smaller 
they're not smaller groups. Like, no. There's a lot of people that have to be paid off of like a book, a book. It's not just the artists and the writers. There's an entire. Exactly. Just like, like a movie, you know, it, it's hundreds of people. Yeah. And yet you could watch it for 90 minutes and then immediately dismiss it on hand. Sucked. End of story. Dismissing the hundreds of employees and production designers and yeah. writers and artists and people. But comic book, same deal. Fewer, but still an, a not insignificant amount of people worked on one thing that mm -hmm. came out that meant to entertain you. Yeah. And yet we are also in a place where like piracy is very much prevalent in this, in this marketplace. I don't know if it's necessarily digging into the profits of like independent comic books, the way that some creators say, you know, a lot of independent creators have a real problem with piracy because they're like, I mean, we're talking thousands of units, not tens of thousands, thousands of units. Yeah. And People are reading them online instead of buying them, and that cuts it yeah. and and it does. It does. Well, no, it, it definitely. I think that definitely like can hurt an independent book one hundred percent. That's like, fair because first of all, they're usually paying for it. Themselves, well, they're paying for it themselves, and um, they like, you know, some folk think, well, it's all right. It's just a couple. Like maybe it's just me doing it, or like it's like ten people doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like those ten could make a difference for them. Well, and the reality is, it's not just ten. It's a no. it's a hundred. Yeah, and that is it's a hundreds. huge difference. Yeah, I mean, we could actually pull the data. Like, I, I don't sure. have that, but like, I could get it where we could find out just how many people go to those websites and like how how tra how high traffic those websites sure, are. Sure, sure, sure. But you know what I mean. Um, but in terms of like the price, yeah, like. There's some things they can't control. Some things they're going to take advantage of. Like folk know that printing is going up, paper has been paper going costs. up. But like, and I and I I see that firsthand actually in my own job and creator where all. yeah where it's like um you know you go to print something and literally week to week the, the price, price shifts. shifts like and it can go You're up it can like go pamphlets down pamphlets or brochures yeah or, magazines, or magazines like things yeah. all sorts of things but even like then they they're like I, I you know i can give you a quote for this week but i can't give you a quote for next week yeah i yeah. can't i can't do that and, I, which, I don't know which historically has not been the case you could probably no. be like oh this this quarter you, it's this price you could yeah you get a price and you'd be good for you know you'd be like all right you quoted me this maybe it'll go up a little bit but yeah, like, it, could, is a, it is a fundamental shift yeah you got some time to wiggle around for a, um, like a month and and so you know the i think the price that we're seeing these these you know five dollars five dollars is the one that i'm always like e like four dollars it's not easy to swallow it's not it's, it's it's an easier pill to swallow certainly five i think you're right five, five, is, is, five good, is rough um it's a bridge too far but some of these i, I think they're just trying to squeeze put, you they're, well i think they're trying to squeeze you but i think they're really just trying to put a buffer on because they don't know what it's going to cost to print right right <laughs> so like, you're, you're saying any book that's over five dollars is probably just deliberately made like even if arbitrarily so almost arbitrarily so just so that they can weather the cost like the book might actually lose money depending on how much it costs to get the creators and print the damn thing yeah if we don't price it out but the problem is then you then you then you you then head towards a direction of like you're pricing out the book yeah like out of the marketplace entirely like yeah yep. there, there's a book we're going to talk about superman lost which i uh i had to read uh through comicsology I, I i was going to pull it on my pull list but i didn't get a chance to go to my comic book store um i don't recall how much this book is five it's five bucks who's asking for a effing superman miniseries right now in a time when there are so many superman books right now, look chris uh, uh chris priest wrote it so maybe that's enough but like a five dollar miniseries superman book yeah are but you for real that one was 32 pages the one i read immoral x-men was only 28 pages right but 25 of them were content so i don't know how many were content in yours but... i have to assume the same thing yeah uh, but the other problem is like you can't necessarily measure your reading experience, your your page no, value. No, 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 it's true. You can't. You really can't. Right. 
But, um, uh, you know, but I'm just saying it's an example of like, oh, oh, sure. I think this is and this is a totally different topic and I don't want to necessarily dive into it right now. It's a related topic. Fair. But I we do, yeah. do wonder if this isn't going to start pushing more folk to trade reading. I mean, I think that the fact that you will hear professionals in this industry discuss trades as a like unexplored burgeoning powerhouse of the part of the industry like people are like oh man no you have to consider the trade like the trade is the trade sales used to not be considered right but and you, now they very sim- no, they, they, they strongly do. are i don't see why you wouldn't and i was actually just thinking about this the other day because all right by the other day i mean actually today oh. um because i caught up with a book i hadn't read in a while which means that i read i don't know six issues today and how much it it I loved the experience of reading those six issues today. In, yeah, in one sitting. I was like, this is so good. And yeah. I'm like, I do wonder when we're going to go to that, when they're just going to be like... This is like, right. Like, if the book is an ongoing, yeah, you can do monthly. But no, if the book is I, a miniseries... It was an ongoing. No, this I know, but I'm saying... And like, I, but I do wonder at some point if they're not going to go... Well, we, we, ha- we can't sustain the market. The market we can't, can't, sustain, we can't sustain the monthly. So we're going to go to either bi-monthly right like, or, like or like seasonal yeah or yeah seasonal or you'll get like here's the next arc yes and you buy it as a trade i i wonder what the cost is you'd think that original graphic novels would increase the production of original graphic novels would increase if the trade market was proportionately successful it would be a hard sell i think too because comic book retailers really the brick and mortar stores would close. Yeah, if you, you if you re- re- I, if you remove the monthly market, right? But I think also because like, here's here's the question, right? Like, is it easier for someone to go into a store? Like, if you go to if you physically go to your store and you're in you're in there and you're grabbing the books you're going to grab for the week, and then you go like, oh, maybe I'll grab this too. Oh yeah, right. And so like you get to your, that will your total. Hurt the, yeah, losing that right. Hurts the so market. like you get your total and you're like, oh okay, like that's <laughs> that's fine. As opposed to going like I'm going to grab like my trades for the month yes right now you like while technically it should be saving you because if you bought all those single issues it tends to be oh, more, more than the trade yeah. right so you're actually saving money but in that moment that total's higher yes and you're probably less i wonder if you're less likely to pick up something else i wonder i bet probably i mean right? certainly you're budgeting for your month i mean would they be able to here's a question mm-hmm. do you think they could ever adopt the like shonen jump model and we'll describe that for the, so, for the listeners. And hopefully me. I've got the correct name for that. I haven't picked up a shonen in a while. <laughs> um, but it's um, it was a it's a manga style that comes out and it's a collection of several different mangaka's stories that mm-hmm. are all within one book. So you're ah, buying the big one book and in there there's a whole bunch of stories. Image is doing that with Image right now. Yes, Image! <laughs> it's a whole bunch of stories. The book with an exclamation point. Yeah, now yeah. of course you are buying a bunch of stories that are independent so they're all over the place mm-hmm. as opposed to like with shonen which are kind of more within the shonen genre yes. yeah so it's like within marvel like could they be like okay we're putting out marvel or like the marvel Mar- marvel knights we can't support like a moon knight punisher and daredevil book yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. so now you you sell on a quarterly basis or a monthly basis the marvel knights book yep and so you get like six pages per story Every month or yep. every half, every, or every month, uh, yeah, every month you get six pages of Moon Knight, Punisher, and Daredevil. Yep, uh, and it costs fifteen dollars, eleven dollars, no, eleven dollars a trade or eleven dollars a, a pop. Yep, and uh, I, I hate that, and I oh, would do. Love it. I kind of love it. I I appreciate it when it happens in my books, like annuals and uh, and, and some of sometimes Marvel and DC have done these, and I yeah, not, not to that effect, not certainly to that like initiative, but uh, I'm not th- like when they try to like shove another book at the back of a book I'm buying, mm-hmm. 
I will almost always ignore it. Even wow. if the even if the story is related, like I know that I almost skipped the Frankovia Zadarsky Batman story that was going on in his Batman because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, a backup story, a book that wasn't important enough to be a book, right? And that was my problem. And it's like that's a that's a that's a hang up that I have. That's a you. But thing. I wonder because I am an older comic book fan how many of us there are and how many people would be like, I feel cheated. I feel like I'm getting less. You're paying no, more I, for less, I, but are you? I really like this idea quite a bit. Like I would love Marvel magic mm-hmm. where oh. it's just a whole bunch of like, yeah. like Doc, stories. Nico and Cleo all yeah, getting stories. Or you just rotate. Scarlet like, Witch. Like, yeah. Like it's Scarlet just, Witch, it's Brother a bunch Voodoo. of stories in there and it's just like, cool. I want the magic one. Right. Like, like Marvel cosmic yes. Marvel street level, like yeah. just no, these, space street. And yeah. And just magic, these yeah. stories, right. Where it's like, you get like, you grab this like once a month. Mm-hmm. I think that, a, that's a great way to get a casual reader. Oh yeah. Well, it gives, them a, it gives them a, a taste of all of a wider variety of stories. I, I like, and characters. I like one just for X-Men. It's so easy to do. X-Men. It, they, sh- I'll go, I'll do you one better. Okay. Marvel could do this now. Yeah. Because the dawn of X, the and all the other X's that they've had uh, mm-hmm. with the trade releases, because X Men has had this like insane rollout of so many different books. Yeah, um, the trades have been difficult to navigate. They're like, how does this get collected? Because mm-hmm. just dawn of X, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, there are multiple stories within stories. Like, how can you? Marvel should do that with the Krakoa era of X Men. Yeah, I think now. I think that's fair. I, I like do, like keep doing the trades for the trade people, but like on the shelves today you know yeah. what i mean like or mo- on a monthly basis yeah they do a shonen jump x or esque x book yeah. that acclimates people to that world like you know hellfire gala should just be that at this point yeah, I, yeah. I mean and for right now you don't have to go completely to that model you mm-hmm. can keep your big titles going i think i think uh, I, I think there's certainly like- would discuss this idea in the past but like the idea of like the lesser selling books yeah get this treatment first which of course would be hilarious because like if Marvel or DC did that and saw sales jumping, they would then, they would, they would then erase it and take those books and make them into monthly titles Mm -hmm. and ruin it all over again. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do like that idea of like the books that can't sustain like justice league. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the trade or that's the story it's called, or the book is called justice league. And so it's like for the lesser selling books like green lantern flash, you know, Mm-hmm. And Wonder Woman, yeah, which are ironically all getting new books under the Dawn of DC, yeah, initiative. We'll see how long they last. Sure, sure, but like, and, and like a lot of folks are saying, I think it is actually a weekly thing that they mm-hmm. do the Shonen Jump. So in theory, what you could do is have the comic writers and artists treat it like a monthly book and split each of those books up into a weekly thing, yes. and that might actually help your brick and mortar because people have to be coming in weekly to grab yes. those. Like, and if they don't, then they'll just at least come back and get six of them in one big shot yeah, just grab so you get cool. everybody yeah that's that's one of two like a one-two punch should be dc moving back to wednesdays and that and that would that would resolve a lot of issues yeah, and it could be for dc too i i was just thinking for marvel, well, marvel think, has that. i was only thinking that just because i know it feels overwhelming sometimes just all the titles that are coming out yeah. and like you know like i said like i'm picking up a like at least the xbox have kind of slowed down a lot <laughs> that's true like this um, week we only got one x-men book not including wolverine yeah okay not including wolverine i was like no actually there wasn't there was excellent as well 
Oh yeah, but excellent. That's a Peter Milligan thing. <laughs> it's still an X title though. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Like I feel like there could be something there, and I would, and I would love, I I'd love to see them try it with with something. Yeah, like I don't know what they would try to start with. Like DC Marvel, I don't care which side does it first. I would love to see them try it, and not just as like a holiday thing. No, like, no DC will do that all with the holidays. Yeah, the the, 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 get, like, the Halloween the love one, one, you get the Halloween, love Halloween, yeah. you get the hot like winter one, whatever. Yes. Right, like no, no. <laughs> do it as like you're committed to this. They could try it with some lesser care, not like, not like at the expense of having a Wonder Woman book. Mm -hmm. More like no, um, Blue Beetle, you know, Ambush Bug, and Forager. That way, it's all the bugs. Mm -hmm. I'm just like I just pick characters that don't largely have successful books. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah. So anyway, that's 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 some food for thought. I love it. I like that as a solution. Certainly, it should be considered and tried. Mm-hmm. I could see DC doing it before Marvel, though Marvel would benefit directly from it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, what else did you got? You you talked about that Forged book. Talk a little oh. bit more about Greg Rucka and Eric oh, sure, Troutman. Sure. Really quickly, the Forged. Cause, cause I know we also want to we want to finish up our things. I grabbed this simply because again, I'm trying to support these oversized comics when i see them it's just one of those things that i'm like i like this i know it's not an easy um storage <laughs> no no it's not uh, but it doesn't like these are better <laughs> get, they're bigger they get art they allow artists to try new things yeah they, it's a, it's you know it's the square format i, I love it's it. not prestige bound like it is DCs not no are. it's just a regular uh, stable bound book uh it is a rated m for mature i like to shout that out just so you folks know who this what is you're for um, this is Greg Rucka and I don't remember who it's Eric. Tr- oh, Greg Troutman. Rucka and, and Eric Troutman yes. with Mike Henderson on art. Love the Mike Henderson art. Mm. Really, really love it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to figure out this creation page. It's a, yeah, I think that, uh, kind of a disaster. Uh, oh, the colors are by somebody else. No, no, it. I meant like, it's like bam, 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 story art. And uh, yeah, what? but anyway, um, if you, this is a sci-fi book. Mm-hmm. It's a sci-fi space opera book as it's put it put on the back. That's what I like about an image. They put it on the back. It's like adventure sci-fi space opera. I'm like, cool, got it. And they're not wrong. That's what this is. This is um a somewhat confusing book because it is sci-fi. And I'm not saying sci fantasy. It just definitely has sci-fi feel to it, where it's just like here are a bunch of words, terms, and things that are happening. <laughs> and I'm like that are made up. <laughs> right. And like I didn't get a chance to read the um back supplementary material, but potentially that might have happened. Mm-hmm. Um or might have helped me, might have happened, might have helped me. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I didn't get an opportunity to to check that out yet because there's quite a bit of supplement supplementary material, including like some crazy like space Ooh, map. Oh, nice! So, like, you know, we're, we're sci-fi. Yeah. Um, but it is about a group of five women who are like crazy, foul-mouthed um soldiers okay. who pilot these mech things. We barely get to see the mechs until the end, but like we get to know who they are as characters um like i said they are foul math so watch out for that <laughs> they all have their little ticks they all have code names there's like some crazy sort of um governmental system where there's like a an, like an eternal empress and she's got a, like voices for herself called cassandra and so like there's clearly a bit of like mythology associated here we gotcha. all know Rucka likes that yes um it's really pretty looking like i said at times i felt a little out of my depth but that's how i sometimes feel when i'm reading sci-fi stuff but it doesn't usually turn me off and this didn't i i I did enjoy this quite a bit um but i definitely get why this may not be for everyone because sci-fi 
sometimes can be a bit much for folk. And yes. I'm not saying that like in a you know, highbrow way. I just mean like literally. <laughs> no, sometimes like, just too deep It's just a like, pool. I just want to enjoy the story. Exactly. And, like, <laughs> and I don't want to learn new terms, new worlds, all this crap. Yeah. That yes. certainly was me when I saw Hickman's Three Worlds. Three I'm like, no. Oh, I love that. I know, but I was like, that's too much now. Um, but there's a lot of crazy cool art in in this, like a lot of beautiful coloring going on. Um, so if you are looking for something that is space opera, um, sort of like it has a really awesome lived in sort of feel, like gives you that like aliens mm. sort of like suit up scene, you know, with like, you know, the the squad, the, the, the colonial, the colonial Marines. Marines. I was like, is it colonial Marines? It is colonial. It's like for a second I was like, is that Halo? No, okay. Uh colonial marines like hanging out, doing their thing. Like it gives you that sensation for these women, right? Mm -hmm. But then also gives you sort of a um I want to say like Saga meets Battlestar Galactica governmental system going on there. Okay. Like try to square that circle, but that's the vibe it gives me. Yeah, cool. So if you want to check it out, you can. Don't forget, Image doesn't do reprints anymore. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Beeper Leaper. I'm gonna read uh, three more super chats okay, really quick. Uh, chats. He says, "Hey, Comic Pop, hate to miss the have to miss the live show, but we'll watch tomorrow. I know this current Spider-Man okay. run isn't great, but I had a question: Is there a Spider-Man run that the majority consider awful that you love? Uh, I mean, not really. You know, I, I like the I like the runs that most people like. Yeah, I, I have impeccable taste. I have impeccable taste. No, I, I have I am a I am lowbrow. I am like the 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 common person. I like Batman and Spider-Man. You know, but uh, so." You know, I liked Roger Stern. I liked J.M. Uh, DiMatteis. I liked J.M. Straczynski. I, you know, I liked some like, of Dan Slott. You, you know? like other people who don't have initials for first names. Yeah, I like other, you know, full named people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there aren't a lot of runs that I'm like, that was a really cool run. And everyone was like, boo. I don't have like an eternal situation where I'm like, I liked Eternals. And they're like, what? Like, literally, I, I said that <laughs> on, another, on another channel. I said, uh, you know, I, I really liked Eternals. And someone just wrote, uh, but Eternals was bad, Sal the movie yeah and I, I was like but but it's subjective and it's like this is funny like i was just like, like i subjectively enjoyed it yeah but no but but you but i agree with you sometimes and that that blows my mind no it's okay. Bad. it's okay because my masters on youtube told me that i should not like it uh what is it about them uh says thanks for entertainment uh while i'm in the hospital and watching back issues all day i'm sorry uh for having to subject yourself to me and ben and ethan and tiffany just yammering at you for hours on end but thank you very much for watching us i'm sorry in the hospital i'm glad we could be there for you though thank you so much for being here man um and ray far says kampa woo i look forward to your thoughts on this movie i adored the first i'm dealing with a stressful usps system so situation so i need to, some calm oh well, yeah anytime you have to deal with the usps you're gonna be stressed it's a stressful uh, situation <laughs> exactly i hope uh, it all turns out well though yes uh so there you go um what are some other books that you read tiffany i know you read the forged we, did that, we did that one um i caught up on wolverine you did i didn't realize how far behind i was on wolverine <laughs> so i have now caught up on up to, i'm up to date on your logan on the beast saga oh that's going on in wolverine and okay. i gotta tell you this is by Ben Percy with art by Juan Jose Rip. Mm -hmm. I remembered it without looking. Way to go. She's getting better. <laughs> yeah, we've only been doing it for like three, four years. I know, right? It's, this listen, show specifically. Listen, listen. I'm a More slow like learner. Five. All right. No, you're doing great. Um, This is issue 31. And it's just like, hey, you think things are wrapping up? Not even remotely true. Things are just getting started. Ugh. What's going on? But I got to tell you, there is certainly a moment in this where I was like, oh. <laughs> are we gonna do it please <laughs> yeah so okay 
caught up on this, right? Yes. And I and I I think this out of like the Ben Percy like one two punch of him working on X Men. Yeah. This is the title <laughs> that I like. But I think I like this better than X Force. I think this is well, a better, easily, yeah. I, I think this is a better X Force book than X Force right well, now. Well, that makes sense. Like I like what X Force is going on, but I think it's because it's like the like Beast is a jerk, which is like Beast is a jerk in this too, but like also Wolverine and like the X Force group is here for the mm, most part i mean like omega okay. red like kind of shows up mm. deadpool sort of shows up but like sage is definitely involved with this okay domino shows up a little bit yeah. but like sage is there she's she's 100 involved i i had an opportunity to to um read up what has been happening and it, it, like reading them back to back yeah it was oh, a really man, satisfying experience God, I, I gotta tell you this is gonna be a great trade <laughs> you're gonna really like this because even if you don't like where where beast is or beast as a character this is a compelling story yeah of essentially killing wolverine and then resurrecting him and letting beast have complete control over him mm. by removing a lot of his memories oh, or like God. locking them away to create a more primal killing machine okay the beast has like unleashed has complete control over he yeah. keeps him squirreled away he tells everybody that wolverine's a bunch on a bunch of assignments no one really knows where he is he hasn't been living on the moon anymore mm. um until that doesn't work any longer okay and, and so this is post wolverine seemingly getting the upper hand on beast even though they sort of know that wolverine says this, this isn't really like a like a like a satisfying ending it does feel like a bad beginning to something. Oh. Then, oh it certainly is because beast <laughs> has left the building essentially oh, no. oh, mm-hmm. beast is pulling a mr sinister he has a whole bunch of beast clones that he brings to life and he's he's making his own x-force of Whoa. just beasts okay like, all right here we go folks <laughs> we gotta we gotta keep mutant them safe and how are we gonna do that well x-force has to exist but I can't trust me. Right. So it's just going to be us. Uh huh. So he takes the point, which is, looks like a skull thing and, um, raises it up. It has a whole body and it's just walking around. Beast is controlling it with all his little beast pals in there. Okay. He's like, I'm going to do what needs to be done. Y'all fired. X-Force fired. Oh, X-Force has been disbanded. I'm I'm the X-Force now. (laughs) Okay. You're like, uh beast right my dude <laughs> okay um wolverine uh, um i'm trying to remember what happened in one book versus what happened in yeah. another book um wolverine and the crew uh are, are naturally a, a bit concerned about this <laughs> there is a uh, wolverine had a human contact uh he and his daughter were both injured during th- this saga so they're trying to make sure they don't die okay because they're in a bad way right so they're on krakoa wolverine's like we got to do better by them we gotta we gotta save him wolverine wants the beast files as well so he goes to hope and he's like give me all of every all of, of beast everything backups. we know about beast. And, no everything all of his backups oh and hope's like that's not like how this works i don't mean to like gen, yeah, i don't care i don't mean to gen z you here but it's not like you're going through a, a filing Is cabinet he okay is Wolverine gonna pull a beast? No. Because like hold on. You know what I'm talking about? Hold on. Okay. Hold on. So Hope's like, that's not how this works. Wolverine's like, listen, if I have to have Gene help me with this, I will have Gene help me with this. That's when Hope's like, uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. He's like, what do you mean, uh oh? And that's when they found out that Beast has purged all of his files from Cerebro oh, from God. all cradles. Uh-huh. So they don't have it anymore. They longer. don't have any beasts. They don't have it. He has it. There's no more. Okay. So he he can't, then we can look into it. And then we get Sage's logbook. And this for me was the like, like, are they doing it? 
What's the logbook? The logbook says, like, we looked in. There's no more beasts. Sage has it look again, and that's when they find that there is one set of beast files in there because he didn't take them because he found nothing of merit or value in this backup of beasts, and it's from when Beast was on the Avengers. What? <laughs> so that's the only beast they have. That's the only beast yeah. backup they have. And I'm like, that's are we, classic. Are we that's talking real like? Beast. Are we talking like 60s, 70s? No, we're talking 70s. like we're talking like 70s, 80s. We're talking like yeah, I think it's like late 70s. My, this, this is my stars and garters. Like yeah. friends with Wonder like, Man. Are we? Are we going to destroy the other beasts and then bring this back up back? And then everyone else around him is going to have to just let go of, of all what, the crap of all the crap. They're not going to let go, but like he'll have to deal with it. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say that like Wolverine is going to make his own, like, you know, like beast was like Cyclops. You went off the reservation. I'm going to make like version. I'm going to go back in time and show you your, your younger self. Wolverine's like, I'm going to show you your younger self. No, no, like, no, <laughs> no, no. This is the only beast we can bring back. See, now, meanwhile, Beasts also has like an army of his own beasts. Yes, so he's got all like of, a team of, of him, beasts. and they're all working together. It's like unlike Sinisters, hopefully they're working better together. I don't want them to necessarily, but it's not enough that he has that. Beast is also building an army of Wolverines because Wolverine to him is the perfect killing weapon. machine. Yeah, well, even Moira said that like yeah. a thousand, two thousand years in the future. Yeah. So, yeah, so I am like, I am in for this. Folks, if you have been not loving Beast, I'm telling you, this is going to be the trade for you. I hope they and fix it. And I got to tell you, this I feel like this is stronger Percy work. Yeah. Like, right. Like X Force is fine. X Force is good. His Ghost Rider is good. But this, I, this, this is was exciting. And reading it from the start of this Felt to great. this issue, I, I really, really enjoyed this read. It, mm. It's you know, it's got a lot of great Wolverine in it. It has you know, a bit of political intrigue. We're dealing sure. with the government. We're dealing with beast, like it, behind the scenes, moves. you know, uh, you know, machinations, marionettes, puppeting folk, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's 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 quite good. This yeah. is quite good. Um, I was happy to have caught up with this. I I thought about just jumping in on this issue, and I can't tell you how satisfying it was to not just go do back. that. Go back. Go back. Pick them all so up. If you haven't already, you should. Yeah. That's a, that's great. I right, love like I couldn't believe how in, like important that one page, <laughs> which is really which, short compared to other such ones, such a short one. It's so great. Yeah, it, it, it is a note. It yeah. is a note at the bottom, like a footnote that it is that that's untouched. It's just sitting in there. That's what they have. I'm like, <laughs> make him please, bring him back. Please do it. <laughs> please do it. First of all, great to have him back. Second of all, really does open up a lot of opportunity for interesting yes, storytelling. Stories. Yes. Because you have to have a whole team of people, a whole group of people who hate beasts. And there's going to be a beast with no idea. Yeah. Who's like, maybe I'll leave. Like, maybe he'll join the Avengers again. Like, maybe he'll stay. Who knows? That's awesome. That's so great. I love it. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> well, I read Superman Lost, number one. Chris okay. Priest, Parlo, Carlo Pogualian. Uh, This was obviously, it's the first issue of a 10 issue miniseries. It's $5 a piece. Um, this is an alternate story. I assume it's an Elseworlds type book. That's that's how I interpret it in any case. Uh, it, it's just... It, no, who asked for this? I'm not, like, complaining. It's a fun miniseries that, like, is a... The idea is that uh, Superman and the Justice League, they investigated an anomaly under the water and they find and they and they uh, find that only Superman can stop. It, it was like I, I was like, did I just read this damn thing? And that was in Justice League Last Ride where it's like, oh, my God, there's a thing and only the strong only Superman can do it. But Marshman dies to do it. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's like, oh, my God, if Marshman does it, he'll die. Superman's the only one who can do it. So he goes in. 
Because the idea is that uh, the story is just like Superman and Lois, they're talking, they're, you know, living their lives. And then like, like a minute, like a second goes by and he's just standing in the living room. Mm. And she's like, what's your problem? And he's just staring off in the middle distance. And then Bruce Wayne shows up and it's because um, they, the, the league had had an adventure. They dealt with this anomaly. Superman went into it to stop it and close it. And uh, um, when he returns, like he disappears and the league's like, there's no coming back from that. We have to like, we have to move on. And Batman's like, I'll go tell Lois. Like, I will break the news to her because I'm basically the one who said that Superman's the only one who could go in there. I send him to his doom. So he goes there and Superman's back from this like seemingly, uh, you know, death, you know, for, from this unwinnable mission. Okay. And what, what it turns out is that Superman was gone for 20 years. Oh. For him. Right. So he returns like a few minutes after he left. Right, right. The league thought he died, but actually he's back. And he's, so he's it's ha- like it's like Narnia. Yeah. So he has to deal with <laughs> he gets Narnia'd. Right. So he has to do he has to deal with the fact that he has twenty years of memories. And and for no and for everyone else, it's it's been like two minutes. There's two minutes. It's twenty years in my heart. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's it. It's so it's like that's the pitch, you know. Superman has to deal with the with the trauma of having lived, you know, twenty. I was like, this is not a this is not a very impressive premise. That was it. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Oh. Well, and and you know, nine issues of that. There'll be nine issues of like, be just that. we'll see him go and what he'd, well, it's 20 years, a long time. Are we going to see his adventures there? Presumably. Oh, well, that's something. Yeah, I, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just like, oh, okay. I don't know. For it to be an Elseworlds book, you know, it's like, that's not, that's not, that's not jazzy enough. It's not exciting enough for me to justify $5 for, for 20 pages. But like, not only that, it just, okay, so, but he's back, right? He's Superman. He'll be fine. You know, he'll he'll go through a hard time. He'll probably have to like seek therapy and then he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe he won't. Ooh. Which I'm not interested in. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. You know what I mean, like, it's just, I don't know. That's not like a pitch for me. It's, he, he goes to the thing and then he comes back as was, he's been in there for 20 years. I'm like, that's just war world, but like, but shorter. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Who cares? You know, yeah. Somebody in the cup is just, what did Superman do? Yeah, that's like that's like do it. That's like launching a Spider-Man book and saying that like six months ago something happened, and we're gonna tease you for an entire year and tell you that like what's gonna happen. Except that's actually in continuity, and this isn't. This is just like you're gonna want to read my Superman story because it's that deep. Then it's like, I maybe it is, but the issue didn't really like knock my socks off. It wasn't like it was, you know, written with like all this it was just it was fine it was a you know it was a chris priest book so like it's he's a good writer Mm. but you know Um, maybe the art's not exciting enough and the story isn't compelling enough for me to ever read more of this i might read the second issue but i think you should i like to give it at least two i was talking to a friend of mine about this he he mentioned that like he's like i pretty much give it one now and I'm like, I, yeah, I don't give. I I do. I try. Well, unless it's like something I really like. I don't. It's just, wow. Doesn't really yeah. like get me. No, if it's if it's one like really. Or if I thought it was gonna be about one thing and then it turns out it's a, just a different style of story, different genre yeah. of story. Sometimes I I, I I let it go. Um, yeah. But I do often try to. Yeah, I I will try to, especially if I'm compelled by external forces to do it. But I'll, I like I would normally not. 
Mm-hmm. This is a thing where I'm like, this is one of those things where I just go like, oh, okay, no. I I, I do try. Yeah, I mean, I look, I'm, I'm look, I'm trying. <laughs> I like other things. I know you do. So you know, meh. Uh, Justin Beauford says, "Howdy, hello, hello Justin. Thank howdy you very much." Cat uh, lawyer says, "I love the new mustachioed member of Comic Pop. That's Ethan wearing a mustache. You <laughs> haven't checked that back issues. You should." Uh, Shrianj Rajarma says, "Hey guys, gonna watch the uh, Shazam today. Hopefully, it's a fun movie. Also, have you been checking out the Riddler Year One? It's so good. Uh, no, but I should." You said that last time too. I think. I'm sorry. No, I'm not saying. Chunky Jesus, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> good luck to you. Uh, potassium to the heart hello shameless plug for you to come to pax east follow oh. question signs of a good local comic shop the telephonic says hello uh keep the lights on uh for one thing uh we love pax east we haven't been in about, about like half a decade but we should be going love back PAX east. yeah it's a great uh it's a great show it is um and as for it signs of a good local comic book store cleanliness uh well lit yeah uh diversity of product um friendly I- uh, retailers yeah, and by diversity of product, I understand a shop needs to sell something other than comics. No, no, I, I mean like a, a wide a wide variety well, of I, comics. I like that, but also a mixture of like current stuff, but also a nice trade section yes. and, and maybe a couple of like if you don't a couple have room of bins for of back it, issues. Yeah, a couple yeah. of bins of back issues. I completely agree with that. I think that's a good. Uh, yeah, I'll forgive like a crappy shop if it has like a ton of dollar bins. I know you will, but I think a good comic book store. But a real good comic book store is yeah, like cleanliness, well lit, doesn't smell, uh, easy reach, and and affability from and the I retailers. And I think enough space. Like if it, like you don't mm. want it to feel like it's empty, but you don't want it to feel like so cramped that it's uncomfortable right. to, to move around. Like you don't in. want to feel like you are visiting someone's storage unit. Right, or that you know if you want to browse for a while that you're in the way. Yeah uh nerd king 101 been thinking about how manga have tv shows on network television how, how they're pop how, they are popular partly because of tsunami if a kid finds the new spider-man show he's going to do anything else because it's terrible well that's true the new spider-man shows are really awful uh i mean i i i think it's because there's a pretty good flow of manga into on and it's anime anime <laughs> well and they're also not ashamed of it like yeah. TV is trying desperately to like justify they're better than comp. Like it, it feels, it feels very like, very much like, because like every time you, uh, you, you, you hear one of these directors, writers, whatever is talking about like the latest uh, superhero comic book adaptation. They're like, so and so is a huge fan, and we just needed somebody who was a fan. We needed a real fan, and I'm like, you know who would have done a really good job, Jerry Conway. Like, you know who would have written, written a really damn good script with some good punchy dialogue? Brian Michael Bendis. Like, Greg Rucka. You know who yeah, would have written any fucking comic involved. book writer? Like, any comic book writer. And they're all writers. And some of them are award-winning writers. And, like, you know, the, what are you doing pretending like you're better than this? You know? And it's just so frustrating. It's just, you know, it's cultural. It's different mentality. You know, it's, it's there's ego. a respect of, of animation. Yeah. No, especially um, on East. Yeah, in East inspired stuff it's yeah. like oh well we got to make it like the we got to make it like the manga obviously hell the person who made it probably works on the show in some significant like editorial capacity and in the movie they're like can we just make it anything else i'm sorry I, I hate that we have to do this but we just need your money so bad because what i really want to do is tell a story about me and my dad what? Cat lawyer says uh speaking of money i was pissed when dc reprinted a black and white batman story for their ten dollar power anthology it was like 15 pages i love those books like boo i hear you 
Uh, Lawrence Perry, I read Tom King Supergirl, loved it. Yay. Hooray. Can you recommend any other Supergirl, uh, similar Supergirl runs or anything tonally similar? Thanks, Comic Rocks. Thanks, Lawrence. Uh, no, there's nothing like it. That's why it was so exciting. The Peter David Supergirl run was good, but not the same Supergirl, and it's not in any way similar whatsoever. Yeah. So that doesn't help you. But, uh, you know, I, I will recommend, here's what I will recommend for you. Well, Tiffany thinks of a real answer. No, no. Tom King is writing Wonder Woman coming soon. He's going to begin with a a backup in 800 and then 801 slash one will launch. And it's directly connected with the success of Supergirl. So I would pick up Wonder Woman. I would say Saga. Yeah. Strong women like that. It has nothing to do with the big two. No, but it has that feel. Like It the, has that space feel. It has that like modernity to it. It has that, um, you know, feeling of, of edginess. And it actually and takes it, it takes it much further it does. because they're not owned by DC. a parent company. So, um, yeah. but, but I would say, I, I feel like if you liked the space element of it, if you liked the going to different planets and, and, you know, heart wrenching storytelling, yeah. saga is probably the way to go. It's not fair. It's not bad. Uh, Sage, always enjoy catching you guys live. Well, thank you very much, especially my week off. Hey, uh, could Wake Up ever become a Patreon exclusive? Would love to subscribe for that. Well, we do have a Patreon exclusive podcast called The Red Raider Show, which comes out as I, I try to make it as monthly as possible, but I missed the last one. So this, there's actually a most recent episode that dropped a couple weeks ago. Wow. Um, and that's just a show that's 30 minutes of me talking at you about what's going on and what we're working on. And, it, you know, it's got to be like at least 20 minutes. So I go off. Uh, so you can enjoy that show if you like. That's audio only and it's available for download uh, if you are a Red Raider. So go to patreon.com slash comic Check it out. Uh, the Wake Up Show, I just need to get back into it. And it's just You need to, man. It was a good show. I enjoyed thank it. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, Shane W. First time super chatting. Well, welcome well, to the show, you. man. Dropping in on my favorite comic YouTubers. Aww. Thank you very much, Shane. Uh, do you have any runs in comics you suggest in the vein of books like Gotham Central? I have been looking for, at it for a while. Like Gotham Central. Powers. Check out Powers. There you go. That's a good idea. Uh, this has nothing to do with that. It's more magically inclined. But was that um Gotham... <sighs> Guy or Fox was on it. Guy Fox. Um, v? No, 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 no. It is Gotham. It's a DC book. I have it. I've read the first volume of it. I could not tell you what it is. Dang. Get to look this up. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 I don't know what you're looking at. Mm hmm. Uh, Gotham. We, you're going to move on to the next thing while yeah. I'm looking this up. Thank you. Well, Preston uh, Heron <laughs> says, Have you guys read Groken? It's so good. No. Never heard of it. Uh, and Alan Fraser. Gotham by Midnight. Oh, Gotham by Midnight. Thank okay. you, brain. There you go. It's like a supernatural sort mm-hmm. of police procedural. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same vein necessarily, but I just want to pitch it because I can do it because it's volume. Like it. A lot uh, of fun. Alan Fraser, didn't uh, you give Rorschach one issue and hate it, but then love it in the long run? I'm not one, sure one issue is ever enough. No, it is. Uh, but uh, Rorschach's one of those things where I didn't hate it. I just... I didn't uh, I didn't connect with the material. And as you know, Tom King writes for trades. So it's more likely that it will crystallize as you go forward. Like Danger Street, I'm not connecting with it, but I don't think that book is meant to be read month to month. Um, yeah. And there's some issues. There are some books where I'm like, how'd it go? And they're like, oh, man, it went downhill. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can tell. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree that, you know, you got to give it more books sometimes. Uh, yeah. 
Tiffany read Immoral X-Men. I did read Immoral X-Men. Uh-oh. Uh, written by Kieran Gillen with art by Paco Medina. So I was incorrect about how they're doing. Oh, yeah. Okay. It sucks. By the way, uh, really quick. I was wrong again about how many parts there are because it's clearly printed right next to Sins of Sinister in the most obvious and seeable way. Look, let, let me show you just where it is. Right there. Oh yeah, it is. Right I actually, there. I didn't even Look know. at how you could definitely not like you could definitely you you can't miss that. You can't miss that. Part I, okay six. Right there it is. That's the sixth part. I get it now. I didn't notice that at all. Uh, no. <laughs> I just listen for me. It's just I know it's sins of sinister. I grabbed the banner. I I, I no yeah exactly. Uh, it's only three titles to keep track of. It's it's not, not it's, it's not, a not big super hard. Um. <laughs> I do like that they made it in the um, font or the like little treatment that they do for some of their page work and you know, like little Easter egg kind of things there. Yeah. Um, I do think it could have been better, but eh. I, I think it's not super. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. According to this, the artist is Andrea DeVito. Oh, well, according to the, to the book itself, it's not, it's Paco Medina. You're right. Yeah. If you look at the credits page. Yeah. What the hell? League of Comic Geeks? No, no, it says it at the top though. Right, but it doesn't say it in their in their breakdown right here. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong issue. Oh. <laughs> Apologies everybody, that's on me. I opened the wrong issue. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got it to is, it. Right. Now. It is right. It is Andre DeVito. It is Andre DeVito. Well, then we don't know what the hell's that. going on. I'm sorry. I was so hooked up on what you were trying to show us. I didn't even notice what book. I clicked. I didn't even look at what Should've I clicked. Should have read the, the top banner. I'm sorry. You would have known it said okay, part six hooray. and not part five. I'm going to take this one again. I read Immoral X-Men hey. uh, number two, which is part six of Sins of Sinister, written by Kieran Gillen with art by Andrea DeVito. Oh, hey. I love them. What the, no, it's solid stuff, but like oh, I I, that's who's doing the hundred years part apparently. Ah, well, we'll forget right. the thousand years part. This book is so good. I said that about every Sins of Sinister. Well, that's because you like the, <laughs> the, the thing. But this is Kieran Gillen just telling us what's going on in the hundred years for uh, hope. Really, hope is the one driving this. Sinisterized hope is uh, yes behind this book. There's a lot of the narration for us, like, hey, what's going on? The wars are being waged. She's taking down planets left and right in the um, galaxy, yes. the universe around them. Uh, has decided that they want to go and find other. Uh, planets and, and other you know civilizations that might be a conquerable yes. a threat to them yeah um so they create the marauder it's a spacefaring ship oh they're going to staff it with a bunch of mystiques who also have gray crow in them oh, so God. they okay a whole bunch of you know deadly changeling beings <laughs> on the ship and then it's going to be captain by a chimera that Sinister has specifically made. Uh, it has this five different mutants. That didn't think it was possible at that point. Enter Rasputin 4, which my powers of tens, folks. Oh, no. It's them. Cool. It's them. It's them. Amongst nice. Our... Hey, they're paying this, attention. This trinity of writers, man. They get it, just man. Just 
knocking doors down. The fact is, like you know, socks off. We 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 invited the three the trio to do a show with us, like to do and an I'm, episode. Actually, it's just gonna be you. And, and uh, they, they said no. I'm glad. But uh, and they said I've... no with their inaction. But no, uh, I trust me, I'm thrilled. <laughs> I know, but like now, but now we can talk. We can speculate. Uh, we we can we can baselessly speculate about it because we don't have to like you know worry about integrity. And I can say like, what if they're talking to Hickman and he's just giving them their orders? I I don't know. I just assume that these <laughs> that these three are just. Like what if Hickman's like? Here's what's happening. I think they're just storytellers. Oh yeah, they are. And they there probably are notes laying around, and I'm sure that they're utilizing them. Yeah. Um, but I, I get the feeling that they're just extrapolating things. Yeah, it makes hopefully. just using their brains and their talent. Yeah, I mean that makes no sense. I, I think that might be what yeah. it is. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, Rasputin four shows up, does a little demonstration of her abilities. They're Sweet. like, that's dope. She's <laughs> like, you're she, cool. You would have been a fan favorite character a couple years ago. So excellent. Just so literally so excellent. X. Um excellent. Um, but uh you know, Sinister's like strangely very tender with her as well and very different. He doesn't have his big cape anymore, he's wearing more of a space looking suit. Mm. He's a more diminished sinister. Okay. A diminished, um, if you will. <laughs> I was trying to make that work myself. It's just not gonna happen. <laughs> I think um, we just did it. I don't know about you. But um Hope's like, hey, I know you did five. Um do you Splices, yeah. You know, can we do six? Is that what's next? And, and Sinister's like, there's, you can't go to six. No, not to six. You can't, you can't turn this machine to six. It's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's impossible. I'm sorry. Yeah. And she's like, cool, cool, cool. And he leaves the room with Rasputin. <laughs> what? We're doing six. No, she's <laughs> like, did he just say that he's not useful anymore? Right. And the rest of the Quiet Council who's there is like, yeah. Basically, yeah. Yay! Time to get rid of him. Yay! I'm that's like, awesome. Uh oh. Sinister kind of pieces that together as well. Uh, if you were only reading this for some reason, all of a sudden Mother Righteous shows up. You're like, <laughs> like why, why is she here? So it's this like, is where we're starting to see things are like crossing over, crossing over happening. Coming together. Is she, really she's clearly here to get some mystical thing, but she also gives us an opportunity to be like, what is up with all these sinisters? What is, what is this? I don't, yeah, what I don't, am I looking what at? What is this? What is happening? Thank why you. are there like four sinisters? But it's Mother Righteous, so she's more magically, mystically inclined. Yeah. Um, gives him a book, and, and like all she asks in return is a thank you. She's like, great, thanks. And I'm like, okay, that's some sort of magic thing you needed. Oh, thank you. Wink, we all know that. Yeah. Um, Sinister opens the book up, and, and is it is revealed that initially there was a man named Nathaniel Essex, and he was like, one day machines are going to outthink us and kill us, and we had to find a way to out oh. to outlast the machine. That's interesting. Right? Like, that's it. That's what he thinks. He's like, they're very good at it. They're very good at thinking, and one day... They're going to take us yeah, over. We yeah, can't, we can't have that. Right. So he clones okay. himself and sets four of them to go and try to find a way to prevent this in four different arenas. The Cosmic, that's Orbis Stellaris. Uh-huh. Uh, post-Humanity, that was Dr. Stasis, okay. who is now post-mortem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm clever. <laughs> um, <laughs> magic, that was Mother Righteous. And then the Essex Factors, which is Sinister. Gotcha. Okay. And so each of them basically are in a race with in within one another to see who will win. Not that they knew that. Mother Righteous knew that, though. Yeah. Um and beat the machines but now there's they've got some other pressing matters to yeah. deal with but you know there you have it okay. right all right cool so he's like okay cool so we're all racing each other but also we need to fix this she's like yeah anyway uh i'm gonna go and he's like yeah you like we all know you're not gonna win because you magic's like bullshit anyway mm-hmm. 
am very much a man of science. I'm like, oh, cool. It's like talking to Ethan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, really, really quick. Uh, yes, Dr. Stasis died, but like, so did everybody. Like, we're, we're in the future. We're de- like, this is a alternate future we're dealing with. Yeah, this is, the age this is of the, an alternate. This is an age of the apocalypse kind of situation. Since the sinister is, we're in an alternate reality. And, and we know that he dies because Mother Righteous killed him. <laughs> Exactly. She's like, I killed him in the other book. Right, right. So don't worry. It's cool. Don't, it has nothing, there's no bearing on... And he'll be back because we're uh, going to undo this whole reality. Exactly. And probably get Rasputin 4 into the main continuity like Blink. Right. Because she's so fun. She's, she's, she's so cool. Right. Uh, I hope... So. I, I do wonder if they're going to keep her. Somehow. Right. Why we'll not? Say, I don't know. Not? You got to blink her up. I don't know how that's going to work, though. Who cares? Um, They'll explain it. They're good at it. Right. They're quite <laughs> they good they're at doing. it. Um, we also talk about uh, the idea of being a dominion, like that's part of it, wanting to become a dominion so that you exist outside of time in order to mm. survive. Okay, so that's kind of where they're trying to get to. This all kind of links back to the phalanx and that whole chart of things yes. that you probably didn't oh, want to yeah, read. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was really important to mm-hmm, read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinister recognizes he's like, all right, so I got, I got a bunch of problems. I got one, the quiet council is clearly coming for me, and I got two. I'm in a race against myself because magical I don't have the... mommy over here and, mm-hmm. and the, the, the floating orb, right? Yeah. Uh, we also reveal in this that they presumably they've taken out Mystique or they think they have. Mm. I don't know. That was a big factor for Destiny, so I can't wait to get back to that book yeah. to see what's going on there because that was her whole thing. That the reason she wanted to steal the Moiras and stay here is because in this reality or in this like timeline, just uh you know mystique didn't die right that's like her her main thing i'm like okay where's that gonna go right yeah yeah uh hope locates uh they go to the uh, to fight the chitari Uh, in doing so she does the exact same thing she did earlier which was she's going to teleport down to the earth utilizing exodus's power she's able to like copy it and use it so she's like hey who who does everyone believe in uh-huh. the whole ship's like hope she's like awesome i'm super hyped up and powered mm-hmm. goes down to the surface with him in order to get the location where will that send the l-bombs um and this time around though exodus leaves so when she tries to fly away she can't copy his power oh, no. he's like he's like, mm. he's like actually <laughs> you know what the thing about like messiahs is they're more powerful when they're dead oh and like we can't just believe in like a stupid petulant girl but like if you die trust me it's gonna be awesome okay so he just leaves her behind to, to fight off the chitari who are clearly going for her yeah and then they'll recover her body so that she could become a true messiah and i'm like okay mm. so this is the problem with sinister yeah i mean this and many other things well yes but they are they're the infighting right yes absolutely but that's okay sinisters are our sinister mm-hmm. the sinister we've been following the whole time uh has his own plan right and okay. what is that plan He's going to take Rasputin 4 and in a very tender sequence that I'm like, I can't tell if you actually care about this one or you're just playing the field as you do. It's impossible to tell with him until the end. Yeah. Uh, he injects her with something that breaks apart all the sinister coding in her. And I'm like, oh my God, now you're just Rasputin 4 from the From, from the power. Ah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm freaking out. All right. Um, they get onto the Marauder ship. Uh, including a whole bunch of sinister-ized beings, mutants on there, and they blast out in order to get away from the Quiet Council and others. And and now they've they're off. The now grid. they're on their way. So I, I don't know, guys. It's <laughs> like in theory, this is like a weird version of that reality. Although if you go back 
and you look at powers, right? Yeah. If you go back and, and check out some of the, the info dumps there, uh, a big part of it were that there were some lost years of mutant leadership followed the universal death or disappearance of senior leaders and preceding the fall of Krakoa, Mars. Many believe rampant rumors that the rumors of the lost years were not accidental, but purposeful. And then you see betrayal, right? And if you read the betrayal part, that like Sinister was part of that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. The leaders are kind of gone in a sense, mm -hmm. right? And Araka was destroyed. Yeah. Oh. So like they're ticking the so boxes, we're, we're except yeah. in that future, they're fighting Nimrod. Right. And that's supposed to be at the hundred years. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And where are we? This is also year like 100. Okay. So, so this is like Nimrod an alternate version of that. Yes. Almost. Yeah. It's like a cracked mirror, unless it's not, unless Nimrod does show up. In and which case, just this is it. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be this is it because that couldn't be possible because Moira lived through that timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing how this all wraps up. But I got to tell you, like, if you were a person who read through powers and enjoyed it, I enjoyed it. Like, this is paying off right. here. And if not, you can just enjoy this book anyway. Yeah, I absolutely. I think it's cool. But ah. <laughs> really, really enjoying this. And I think that... um if you aren't picking this one up, because I think some folk are like, what is this? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? It's, 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 it's cool. Just, it's just cool feeling. It has a similar feeling to when this all started with Hickman. Right. These three guys working together has that feeling of grandioseness without it being um, bloated. Oh. You know what I mean? There, there's something here. So if you like that early stuff with Hickman, you might really enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, Nuba reviews. Uh, hey gang, I'm just wondering your opinion on trade waiting. I'm trying to condense my comic budget and thought it was a good move. Yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, the only thing is it will eat into the monthly sales, but like one person won't like affect it. The problem is when everyone starts trade waiting. Yeah. So your solutions are uh, as follows. You can either switch from pre-ordering your books to pre-ordering your trades at your local comic book store, or you can buy them digitally and get your trades at like in stock trades or discount trades and stuff like that. Or you could just buy your trades and hope that the comic book industry will continue but without you. <laughs> at least the, the pre-ordering your trades. So like if it, if you're reducing your budget and, and just buying trades alone is enough to do that, pre-ordering the trains through trades through your comic book store lets them know, lets the comic company know, Oh, I'm interested in this. Exactly. They know that there is going to be an interest when they print this trade. Exactly. But if you never pre-ordered in the first place and you don't hit plan on it, then just get your trades. And the, the trade market is such that it will hopefully react to your purchases. Mm -hmm. uh, Chunky Jesus, have you all heard about Image and Boom joining up with Global Comics? Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. uh, Global Comics is a competitor for Comixology. There's also another one. I don't remember what it's called, but there are like there are now two uh, direct competitors to Comixology, and I believe that at the very least, Global Comics has all of them except for Marvel and DC. Like they don't have, they have like Valiant, they have AWA, they have uh, Image and Boom and Dark Horse. Like they have everybody. I, I got to tell you though, they like the getting Marvel and DC is a is a big one. They never will. I know because Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite exist. If the fact that the Comixology. Or Amazon them? still has them. It's, and I think that's just, I wonder if it's a grandfathering. Yeah, it's just, well, I know it, it. I'll bet it's because of sales. I'll bet it's just the fact that they can sell their monthly books through Amazon directly is actually part of their, I'll bet it's part of like a secret plot of theirs to be like, that's great. We don't have to sell the like direct brick and mortars. We can sell our books directly through Amazon. Like, couldn't we do that anyway? Couldn't we do that never, like for like can forever? Can they sell yeah. physicals through there? They could if they wanted. No, they, I mean, they were both distributors at one point. 
not you know not for anybody but themselves uh josh wallaba sell and plug his own show uh one shots so i will uh one shots is a it's dead uh, that's a show that i used to do with joel once in a while where i would be like all right let's just talk some more like after elseworlds i forgot about that show yeah it's not really a show it was just like extra stuff that i we forgot did for about that extra stuff yeah it was an extra stuff but for, it has a name Patreon. so it's a show it's true it was a show uh he also says uh since the sinister so good i'm almost mad it's only a trade paperback long i totally agree there's the synergy between these three creators is spectacular you know, it's just it's just three very talented creators yeah. working on a a common goal that happens to have a similar feel to an era of X-Men that a lot of folk enjoyed. Yeah. So I don't know. Preston Heron, do you guys think modern comics will be better if they were single issue storylines, but also had a run sort of like Newburn was going to be? No. No, done ones are done and over, and I don't think people would want them anyway. And even if they did, like, they, they, there would be a lot of compression, and books would have to be either be longer and more restrictive to artists and writers, or no, it, it's unsustainable. You can't do it. Like done that. ones do seem to work in the indie scene, though, and often for horror books. Yes, and they can be, <laughs> and they work. Well, they they work uh, few and far between, like the one day, bad day books. Yeah, are done in ones essentially, and they're a little longer than your average book, but. They they are so rare, and they are like special events versus mm-hmm. like you know a, mm-hmm. a, a regular book. Zoinks! Hey, hope you're well. I'm loving Sins of Sinister, and just saw it looks like Uncanny Avengers are coming back. Huckman co-writing the free comic book day issue. That's right. Uncanny Avengers is gonna come back. That's gonna be a wow. book, and I don't know if it's gonna be like in the Krakoa world or if it's gonna be its own thing. I don't know. Starring Beast. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's. Uh, should we talk about the movie? Yeah, do you have anything else? Uh, no. All right, then, yeah. All right. Uh, Wait, do you want to recommend books? Uh, yeah, I guess we can recommend books now. It's up to you. I, I'm asking you. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, why not? Uh, so before Valiant closes forever, you should check out Exo Manowar Unconquered Number 1 from Becky Cloon and Michael Conrad and Liam Sharp. This is a, like... What an interesting pairing. It's a fantastic combination of creators for a character that is arguably the most recognizable Valiant character they have outside of, like, Bloodshot. I think Bloodshot's more recognizable. He is, but he's also a joke because his movie was a huge failure and his book keeps getting canceled. So, like, Exo Manowar is it, you know? And Liam Sharp doing it means it's going to be really neat, and I'll bet, like, there's a lot fewer restrictions than he would get on other, on other books. Mm. Um, so it's just neat to, it's neat to see, and it's just, like, it's a neat book that I would definitely... I have a ch- had a chance to read, and I can say that it's, like, it's pretty cool. It's what Exo should have been when Valiant was uh, relaunched recently. All right. uh, Spider-Man Lost Hunt number five from DeMatteis and Edder uh, Mezelius and uh, Man, I know that suit from the game. Yeah, Spider-Rummer's coming back <laughs> for probably this one issue. Yeah, it's one. It's, this is one issue. It's the last issue of Lost Hunt. So read uh, issues one through five. Uh, Punisher 10. Feels like this, uh, literally the last time that this book came out, that week we did the back issues on it, and that was months ago. So like that feels like it was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, So Punisher number ten. I love this series. It's phenomenal, and uh, you need to be reading it. So pick it up. Uh, Deceased War of the Undead Gods number seven. Tom Taylor, Trevor Harrison. This I believe is either the ultimate, yeah, the penultimate issue of the Deceased Saga, supposedly. Although I don't believe them for a second. Uh, Definitely be reading this book. One Bad Day. Speaking of which, Rachel Ghoul from Tom Taylor and Ivan Rice. Great combo, great character. Love to see it. Well, can't, can't wait to read it. Uh, Superman or Batman Superman World's Finest number 13. I hate the cover. Love the idea. It's a fantastic story. Uh, great uh, combo of people. Mark Wade and Dan Mora. It's worth checking out. 
uh, Superman number two from Josh Williamson and Jamal Campbell. If you want to know more, uh, tomorrow is uh, the next episode of All Stars with myself and Josh Williamson. We talk a little bit about Superman, but more, more we're talking about Green Arrow and how you should be pre-ordering that book. Awesome. Uh, we had Dennis Culver on talk about Doom Patrol, and I, I like their I like their moxie and I like their pitch for this, where they know how many issues the book's going to be, so they can prepare for it. So here's my suggestion. If you know a book's going to be like six issues and you know you're going to buy it, like if you're a Doom Patrol fan and you loved what Culver said on our show or you love Green Arrow and you want to see Green Arrow continue and you love Williamson and you think he's going to do a great job with Green Arrow and you should see the art. It looks fantastic. And I think, you know, we all agree that Williamson knows what to do with Green Arrow. It's going to be six issues. Tell your comic book store, pre-order me all six issues. Pre-order me the run of Green Arrow. Mm -hmm. Just pre-order me the run for Green Arrow because, you know, you're only you're only in it for six issues. But if you tell them ahead of time, put in my pull list, six issues of Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. That is enough to tell the publisher, like, oh, my God, I guess we should give them at least another six issues. If not an ongoing, that's how Poison Ivy became an ongoing. So if you like that kind of thing, check it out. Also, uh, watch the uh, All-Stars episode of myself and Josh tomorrow. Yes. Uh, Shield number 11, uh, the penultimate issue of this series from Rainbow Rowell and Andres Gennarra. Uh No, I'm sorry. This book is it's still going. Oh, my God. It's still going. Uh, I'm almost done with this book, though the book itself is going to go at least for another 14. Um, Not for another 14. No, just 14 issues. 14. This, uh, yeah, it's fine. This book it, it petered out. Uh, Nightwing number 102, Tom Taylor, Travis Moore. Uh, you know, it's a great series, and it's a little bit of like a supplement to the teen or to the Titans series that is going to be the Justice League replacement, which is also written by Tom Taylor. So read oh, Okay. That. I don't know how I feel about it becoming a supplement. Well, it's more like he, I love it because he's going to be working in tandem with the Titans and the Titans are going to be located in Bloodhaven. So for me, I think it's great. I think that's great because it means that it's going to be more realistic for me. Like he's going to work with people that he knows and likes. He's not just going to go, well, obviously this is like, this is a Nightwing book. So only it can be about me. Like, no, mm. if, if if Wally can solve a problem, I'm going to call Wally. Right, right, right. Which I, I think actually makes it more interesting in a shared universe kind of book. And in a book that you don't need to make grim and gritty because there have already been enough of those already. So you don't need to, like, worry about it. Like, you can you can try a book where Nightwing shares the load because he's like a because he's a friendly character. Share the load without me. Share the load <laughs> without me hearing. You know, Samwise Gamgee saying that. Thanks so much. Naturally, for that. Uh, no, I, I I mentioned I saw someone earlier mention about Dan Mora. They're like, how did I not know about him? Where was he? And yeah. I'm like, you know where he was? He was doing Klaus and and Once in Future, which That's is right. why I guess no one knew about him. Yes, but you should be reading. You should you should go back <laughs> and check those out because Once in Future. I don't know if it ended or not. Dude, I, it did. Once okay, in Future is just like if you like him, trust me. Once in Future is him just going for it, right. and it's Kieran Gillen telling him how to go for it. So it's pretty freaking, awesome. Ah. I, know, I know. All right, next week I thought you had a bad week, which I don't have a lot necessarily, but it's like a a a the many hits of me for next week. I'm That's right. super excited. Uh, I just want to check out what this was. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what a great name. This is such a great name. I'll probably sh- like check it out anyway. It's, we were talking about those anthology things. This is one of those. It's a themed one from DC, though, so it's not ongoing. It's just going to be a whole bunch of writers I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, with a whole bunch of artists that some of which I am familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called DC's Legion of Bloom. 
they were like, oh my god, we have a lot of plant based characters. Let's let's put them in there. Yeah, so that's amazing. That's DC's whole, Legion of Bloom. That's that's great. I I love it. Yep. Um, that's just for me. So I'll, I'll let you. Oh, okay. Um, but here are four things that I literally cannot wait to mm-hmm. get my hands on. Um, Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants number two is coming out, which is part seven of Sins of Sinister. This is Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants at the one hundred years post the sinister event. Al Ewing, Andrea Devito. I, I oh God, I'm so hyped for this whole thing. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, and then look at that. Another artist on these. This is, this was a smart way to do this. I think having the artists do just the three issues is allowing them to come out on time. Absolutely. So good. So, and also like to set the tone. Yeah. Like you're setting the tone for the, the years that it's on. It's right. True. Like, Oh, all right. Uh, Swamp Thing, Green Hell, number three. Wow. That's it. This is it. Well, I got to go to the comic shop, and pick it up. Oh yeah. Jeff Lemire, uh, Sean Mull. Oh, no, that can't be right. It's Doug Mank. Yeah, it's Why Doug Mank. It, but it says, art, I, I don't know. Freaking the site, man. I know. Doug Mank on um on the art for this. This just came out recently. Hooray, we're back on schedule. We're going to be finishing up this series. This little series here, this this um Black Label book. So if you didn't grab two, go grab two. They it's reprinted number out. one, so you can pick yeah, up one so you and can two. pick up all three. And, and check them out. Gargoyles number four is coming out. Yeah. Greg Weissman, art by uh, George Cambadias. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, it's not even a guilty pleasure. This is a good book and it's a lot of fun and I don't care. I love Gargoyles and, and I stand Keep by buying that. It I stand by that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who else is buying There's, this. Nobody's arguing with you. Everybody likes Gargoyles. Nobody's like, Gargoyles, what a lame show. No, no, I don't think anyone's like that. But I think people are like, I don't know what that is. Why do you keep talking oh, about yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Like, well, watch the show. It's on friggin' it, it's it's on Disney+. Plus. You can watch the entire show and then skip the Goliath Chronicles. Yeah, just watch all of that. And then Doctor Strange is back, everybody. Doctor Strange number one, written by Jed McKay, with art by Pascal Ferry. Oh, no, you're not a big fan of Pascal Ferry. He drew Spider-Shadow. You know what? We'll see. Because the colorist did him dirty on that one. They did. Did him dirty. They did. It's Matt Hollingsworth, who I think actually was the colorist. I think so, too. I'm going to look it up. No, it wasn't Matt. It wasn't Matt Hollingsworth. Okay, good. I will go look it up while we talk more. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Because I'm I'm excited. Yeah. I I, I don't care. I'm just, I'm excited. Yeah. Doctor Strange is back. And those great uh, Alex Ross covers. He's going to keep doing them. You can click ahead and you can see them. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, do I want to ruin it for myself? Ooh, oh, god damn. <laughs> Man, he, also that, he's that, using the logo from um the not, the nineties run that, yeah. that he references. That guy's oh, okay, cover to be coming. Yeah. I like I like cover two the most. It looks like a novel. Yeah. These are very classic looking Doctor Strange images. This is mm-hmm. this is amazing. But yeah, like what what will Jen McKay remember, everyone? Let's find out together. Let's hold hands and and, and jump into all sorts of dimensional riffs and other dimensions with dr strange I yes clea is also going to be a part of this or like well, makes sense. zelma's out zelma's out, out. Uh, you know what i am surprised by no. i am 100 percent surprised that jed mckay is not like you know what i remember topaz let's bring topaz <laughs> back. well why isn't rincher back i think we had we i don't know what the over under was but we had we had odds on rincher returning we, we did i don't and he didn't did but not. maybe because it's dr strange now rincher will return the two of them could come back so be fine with me yeah yeah. Uh Shazam, Fury of the Gods. This movie came out last week. This happened. We saw it. We did. Uh if you are running to the theater right now and you don't have time for a review, uh here's our short non-spoiler review for Shazam Fury of the Gods. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's fun. It, it was it was I legitimately had fun. Yeah. It is a fun uh action 
romp. This yeah, more has more of a family feel oh, to definitely. it. I mean, I think considering the number of children that were in the theater, I think a lot of folks thought it was thought going it to was be, just, and it wouldn't it did that thing. It had well, it definitely had some dark moments where I was like. Well, that was Sandberg, man. He's just like, yeah, uh, I'm going to make this like kind of like family all ages book or, or movie and also put in some horror. Because the first movie had the exact same thing. It did. It did. And I I, I didn't really remember that until we got into this. And I was like, oh, this? yeah. And I was thinking like all these kids who were in the theater and I'm like, <laughs> they're going to yeah. be cool. Oh, and the baby who was screaming their head off because like, you Listen. know. They were in the back right-hand corner, and, and it wasn't so bad wasn't that so it was. It, and they left, like they, or at least they shut up. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it wasn't so bad. But yeah, uh, if you're wondering if you should check it out, I think you should give it's, it. Give I it mean, a like look. if you if you're looking for something to see, yeah, this was. I, like it I said, wasn't it was Hollingsworth. Oh no, I told you I thought it was. Well, all right. Anyway, uh, yeah. So this is um, okay. So. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the movie. Yep. Then we're gonna talk about the post credits. Yep. And I think, uh, unfortunately, for our time, we're gonna have to talk about like its implication on the DC universe because like that's a whole thing. Sure. Let's Maybe, just, or we could just do that as a show let's on just its own. Go into it. Uh, so yeah, um, this is a story. You know, it's 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 a direct. It, this is a movie that is best looked at as a sequel to the first Shazam movie, and that's it. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I think. I think most of the people in the theater did not even know there was like a shared universe. Just, just liked the first Shazam movie and wanted to see the second Shazam exactly. movie. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. No. And in fact, like it is not hindered by anything until it is, but uh, it's, it's a movie that is very much designed and executed to be a sequel to the last movie. And that's it, mm -hmm. which I'm kind of impressed by. Yeah. Uh, this is a story obviously where they're like okay well it has a lot of sequel tropes uh our character has you know settled into their role as a hero uh but um they have some self-doubt which of course they require some because self-doubt some imposter some syndrome po yes exactly and uh then they they end up uh you know conquering that doubt and saving the day like you know it's a superhero movie but um yeah uh you know, we we set up the whole like family aspect, the Shazam family, and uh, we we pay that off in this, where we're seeing how they manage it and what they're doing with it, and how they uh, you know explore their relationship with each other and mm -hmm. uh, with being heroes. Though it doesn't feel bogged down. I remember one of my issues with the Shazam family is I'm like, I don't even care about one Shazam. I got six more, um, and this one doesn't do that thing where they're like, the these look at all of the Shazams, and it's like so you know it's it's really distracting no they they focus their energies they were like who are the main characters of this movie so you know the the like sailor moon fan in me is like, like i oh, love look at us right. all color coded and yeah, yeah. there's one we want i love the most yeah that's true that's 100 percent right, but you I also like, get a show where we can do like so we can do a jupiter episode we can focus on mars like we don't have like in this we have we have 90 minutes i know i'm just i'm just saying that like there's a it's more it was two hours and 10 minutes oh was it really yes but it went pretty fast it although I, I felt like it could have been trimmed down but like i know you did not I, by I much like, i liked the pacing on the it. pacing was good no it was it was good mm -hmm. um but yeah uh a lot more shazam by the way in this a, a lot more almost as though they were like they for some reason it felt like the filmmakers didn't like the actor for billy right i was like what happened and they're like asher angel needs to go it, like it, we gotta really it, focus on Zachary right. Levi. Like I loved the amount of Freddy we got. You know, it felt yeah. it felt like they decided that 
uh, Jack Dylan Grazer was the fan favorite and not Asher Angel. And, uh, like, and they were correct. I like Asher Angel. I think he's got, I think he's going places. But he's, like, good, he's, he's, he's got some moxie. No, I will say, I think they needed to balance that a little better because uh, the, I, like the, some of the charm I think of Shazam is that is the, is the, is the dichotomy. Well, of, like what's the point? Yeah. Uh, you know, why, why am I watching a Shazam movie? If not to see like this kid, try to deal with it the only problem that i had and i, I think we've talked about this uh, off mic was the fact that like it, it, clearly levi and asher didn't coordinate uh, it, angel it's just so weird to say out loud but uh angel, levi and yeah, angel, angel didn't I, it's, no it is it's it, angel it's asher angel oh yes you're right <laughs> uh, but angel and levi did not coordinate their character they did not go like it, it wasn't like levi shadowed angel and like worked out how they were going to play it but you had a good justification for it. But like, if I you did. just watch it and you're not thinking about it, you know, Angel has more maturity than Shazam. Like Billy is more mature than Shazam is. And that presented for me an issue, but you had a good, uh, I did. And my, pitch for that. and my pitch was that, you know, cause they set up at the beginning that, you know, he's, he's doubting, he's got a lot of doubt and he's dealing with a lot of like loss. And I really appreciated that. He didn't just get over it. Yeah. I mean, the kid had a rough childhood, right? Exactly. Right? Very yeah. rough childhood. And just because you get superpowers doesn't mean that, that it's over that or just, that you're better. Yeah. Right. Um, and so he's, he's very afraid of people leaving him. Clearly he's like Especially trying to hang family. on instead of just pushing away. He's trying to just desperately, you know, not let them go. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. um, so it felt like to me when he is, when he's Billy, yeah, he's trying to be a cool 18 year old. You right. know, he's like, he's, he's growing up, you know, he's trying to be like more of like, yeah, it's everything. Everything's cool. I'm totally fine. You know, I, yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally a bundle of nerves and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm worried all the time, but I, I gotta, I gotta be cool. I gotta be totally fine. But when he's Shazam, I feel like he has more confidence. And so his neuroses come out a little bit more. Yeah. They, they can't help but present themselves because he feels more comfortable because he feels more powerful. And so he almost lets his guard down a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so uh, and like, he, so he acts a little more immature because he's just like, nah, but like, because I, I'm, I'm invincible and I can do whatever. Yeah. I want. Like, nah, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Nah, that, I, that was where I, I, I I'd buy that. I, I saw that. I don't know if it was the intent, but, but that. That was where I immediately thought there's of. room for that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they are attacked by the gods. The idea is that, um, you know, the, the, the acronym is uh, is not just an it's, just, it's not just a name. These these powers that come from somebody mm -hmm. and they have a whole plot about like what happened to the gods and how they were like basically just like broken down into powers that are. Oh, no, it's directly Atlas. Right. This is all about the daughters of Atlas yes, and, exactly. and how they his power was stolen. Mm hmm. And uh, it really screwed over their realm. Yep. In particular, these these women. Mm -hmm. Um. And they want their power back. And I I I really liked it that it was kind of nebulous initially. Who, yes. I was like, that sucks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you get to know the three of them, and you've got Helen Mirren, you got Lucy Liu, and you've got uh, where is the other girl's name? Oh um, yeah, uh, Rachel Ziegler. Um. In, and what I like about them is the three daughters of Atlas, mm -hmm. and I don't know a whole lot about Atlas's lineage, so no. I'm not going to try to dive into that mythology. But often in mythology, when you see three women, you see a younger, a more like middle-aged woman, and then you know an older woman, right? That that that, that iconography shows up a lot. So I kind yes. of like the three of them in the role because mm -hmm. uh, Lucy looks forever young. Yeah. <laughs> so it it was just kind of cool to have that, um, but very much you know, three different styles of personality um, and, and drive yeah. for, for this. And, you know, Lucy Lou 
coming out more as more villainous, but in the way where it's just like villainous because misunderstood villainous because wants redemption villainous mm-hmm. because driven to this yes. in a sense uh helen mirren i thought did a, a good job i like i appreciated seeing her uh donning a like like costume yes. you know this armor very this theatrical very theatrical looking um with the lines that she had i thought she did a very nice job mm-hmm. uh i liked her role is is meant to be somewhere in between yeah you know yeah, like almost matriarchal but more you know well they're sisters yeah so, supposed to be the more level-headed was trying to take in all sides but mm-hmm. at the same time like initially like siding with with lucy Lou's character yes, yes, that's right. um i thought uh was it rachel rachel ziggler is that who yeah. played anthea uh-huh. uh i thought she did a nice job you know she was yeah. fun you knew from the get-go i was like oh she's Right. Yeah, initially, you, I actually thought she was younger Lucy Liu. I was yes. like, oh my God, they're doing a Shazam thing themselves. Yeah. But no, it just turns out she's the third sister. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, That's she's fine. fine. She she didn't really blow my mind but uh i thought she was cute, she was cute. I, I, thought, I thought her chemistry with uh grazer was really good i agree with that i don't think that she i've seen much worse young actors mm. and i didn't find her bad or grating i i was just like i but i did i was just i was very aware she was acting well i i feel like so but she's also playing I, a dual character. Well, she's play, so. well, yeah, but she's also playing like a Greek god or a goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always find that sometimes they lean into the like strangeness with them, that mm. they're not quite human. And so they they act differently or, or strangely because yeah. they're viewing our norms and, and our world from a very different perspective and through different eyes. Uh, like Lucy Lou's very detached. Yes. And I, and I kind of like that yeah. because like she is really just there because she's like rage incarnate. Exactly. It turns out. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. No. And, and it plays their strengths too, because I don't know if Lucy Lou is a terrific actor, but the okay. fact that she is, but, but like you need to get like, if you want to get Lucy Lou in the movie, you give her this yeah, okay. and you let her play like rage incarnate. So it's like, okay, you, you got one emotion, you play it, you know? Yeah. And then she does. And it's like, Oh, that worked. And I, 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 you know, like, you know, Helen Mirren, she's femme fatale. She's, you know, I, I love that. She's still like, she's making movies and like, yeah. she's playing, she's challenging herself doing different styles of role, yes. like different role styles. And I'm not saying it was her flipping around and jumping, but I do love that. It was her character yes. that was doing that. Yeah. And, and you know, like her character has to react to that. So it's, she gets to play this like more action oriented oriented role yes. in a superhero movie and i'm like that's kind of fun agreed uh, not that she hasn't done action oriented things before she no, certainly no, no, has true. but doing a superhero version of that is, is obviously a little different yes uh obviously you know fred freddie was the was the co-protagonist of this movie you got you got billy who's more or less working through his i had to i'd use a very uh, diminished version of the word trauma of his life and you got Freddie, who is dealing with like his place in the world and where he belongs and his relationship with his family and all that stuff. And that was really fun to watch because, of course, like, you know, Freddie doesn't need to go through like a full arc. It's just mm-hmm. he's, but he is like our kind of ride along character throughout. Uh, and that's really great. Uh, the, there's not much for uh, the rest of them to do, but they do it well, whatever they're doing. You know, they, they they're supportive. They have their own funny jokes. There's a cute little moment about, you know, coming out, which I really appreciated the family really coming together on it. I, I, um, re- I loved that moment. And I, and I loved like, his like, his well, portrayal, portrayal loved, was great. You know, it's like moments like that. Though, I'm like, you know what? The writing in this movie is maybe is pretty good. It's pretty good. Because that tells you the whole story of how tight that family exactly. is. That they're like, no, we knew, but it's not our place. place to take that from you like exactly. when you feel comfortable you would tell us but because we're all 
so close to one another. We really do care about one yeah. another and love one another. Of course, we're tuned in to who knew. you are like, emotionally. We pay attention to you. Exactly. And I was like, without having to say any of that. Yep. Yep. That moment just gave me that story. And that's I was like, true. that's solid. No, it is. And there's a lot going on in the movie. Like there are a lot of threads, you know, there's Billy in his relationship with Rosa and the fact that like, he has of course like abandonment issues from his mother. Mm-hmm. There's his like attachment to Freddie and his desire to like keep Freddie close to him and not let Freddie grow and mm-hmm. escape him. Um, but like, so there's, there's a lot of different elements for Billy, for Freddie, for the kids. Yeah. Even Mary Marvel has something going on where she's like, I am too old to be hanging out with you guys. I need well, to go to like, college. I want to go to college. And I, and I didn't right to, to be, do this, to do like, this to be with you. or to help out the family. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's time. Like I need to, to do my own thing. Exactly. Right. And going back to the Rosa thing, I'm realizing now as we're talking about yeah. it, that again, a little bit of like just a bit of writing mm-hmm. that could pass you by or not, but tells you a, a nice bit of story or does some support. I, you know, the fact that he doesn't call her mom. Yes you know, is a way I think to prevent her from leaving. He's it, like, it yeah, keeps her it's separate. Like, well, I think he's, he's afraid he's, if I call you mom, you'll leave me. Yes. But right. then when, at the end, when he's finally able to do it, he realizes he's like, no, they're never, they're not going to leave. Me. Yeah, exactly. Like when, after she's like, you're not going anywhere. Right, exactly. He and calls like, her mom. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that ties in. That, There's a lot of like setup and, 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 and payoff in this movie where mm-hmm. you don't see that a lot in these kinds of movies. And that's like why we're giving this movie, I think a lot more credit than most folk would, mm-hmm. because like it is, it, it's it's not smart it's more well executed like it's it's a master class in script writing yeah and an execution of script writing mm-hmm. and the story feels cohesive like you feel more satisfied seeing this than like ant-man 3 because which i did actually right because like they're and i think they're both comparable because they're both they're like diminished versions they're diminished characters in their respective universes like nobody thinks about ant-man nobody thinks about shazam um and and yet they are also you're not gonna you're not gonna overspend on these movies or at least you shouldn't um but ant-man had a problem which was just like too many too many cooks in the kitchen too much work one writer somehow but yeah. it didn't feel like it. Well, I think one right with maybe a lot of feedback. A lot of feedback. A lot of a lot of changes. A lot of a lot of horses switching midstream. This one, this one, one, one vision. Well, it also helps too that you know. Again, we're not. I don't want to make this a Marvel versus DC thing, but like just in terms of feeling how like Ant-Man three didn't feel like the movies that came before it. Exactly. The, the other two that. movies that came before it, this felt like the movie that came before it. Yeah. No, this, this is a sequel to Shazam. Yeah. Uh, so overall, you know, everyone was great. I, was great. I, I honestly nice like the Shazam family quite a bit. Ross Butler, who plays, um, the, the adult version of, of the, Eugene. Yeah. I think he does a great job. Yes. I think he and his younger counterpart are very much in sync. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darla. Same yes. Instance. Oh, she, Darla is she's, very much she's a scene dev- stealer. Yeah, she's both a of scenes, them. Yeah. Both versions of her. Mm hmm. Oh, those two, I, I like to think in my head they hang out on set and are super. <laughs> now, that's a thing where they really do work together. Like yeah. you can really you can see you that. can see like they're like that is that is that is Darla in there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the wizard returns and they're just like, ah, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Who cares? They I just actually... wanted to. You know what? Uh, Hansu doesn't really get a lot. No, uh, we did make a joke at the end because he shows up at the end. Like He's in the movies throughout the movie, but like he shows up and he finally shaves that beard. And we're like, oh, look, it's Papa Midnight. No, you made that joke. I was like, what? <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm leaving and I'm going to go create an antiquities uh, bar. 
like it's uh but because he, like, he's he's wanted to play black panther since forever and like all he's been able to do is like these carries bit parts and i really feel bad because like, he's a great actor and he could be really cool and yeah he's been like he was like i'm a Cree guy and i'm i'm papa midnight i'm the wizard shazam you know it's like man that sucks you get to be at least he got to come back he wasn't just done but like i'm glad he got but he gets to come back and yeah. he gets to do more with his character because mm-hmm. he's like you know, I'm I'm a sage character. I was supposed to show up and give powers and leave. That was yeah. my job in the first movie. And this one, it's like do something with him. Like, and you know what they do, and it's fun. And he gets to team up with 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 Freddie. With Freddie, really and I got to tell you, like that that's a pairing I would not have wouldn't thought have, wouldn't have created would have created. But yeah. like I got it. They they again good chemistry. Like yeah. they just worked well together. Yeah. Um. There's a, a, a there's a little character who shows up, Steve the Pen. Yes. Uh. For, I think for a lot of people that will be like a bit of a scene stealer as I think well. So. Yeah. Uh, it's a silly little, um, very useful character uh, that they were able to do a lot of um, like bits with. And mm-hmm. I think those bits hit. Uh, they do. They land. They, they definitely land. Uh, there's a great section or bit or scene with uh, Helen Mirren. Yeah. Helen Mirren sells the, uh, the joke. Sells that jokes. Yes. No, she really, really sold that joke that they, they set this joke up and then we get to see it delivered. Yep. But it does come back throughout. Um, but yes. that one in particular, I was like that, Yep. That was I did not see that coming and I didn't see them sticking with it as long as they stuck with that scene. Yes. Um, but it really did work for me. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's the ending. I heard, uh, you know, I heard there were reshoots. I heard there were ideas. I don't know. And I don't care. No. I'm not interested in like I don't know. I'm just not interested in the back in, in, in that. But, um, you know, in terms of spoilers, uh, you know, he does the superhero sacrificial play, which like, you know, is like such a trope at this point. And they, they do he it. does. You know what, though? I thought it was less of a superhero sacrifice or sacrifice and actually more of a Star Trek Spock sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Star sense. Trek Kirk, depending on which which which, which Star timeline Trek you you're prefer. in. But, you know, they had that feeling, yeah. you know, trapped behind, you know, the hands up against the thing. Yeah. You know, the means of the many. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but the, but you know, he, he dies and they bury him and then, you yeah, know, they go the, the whole night. I was like, yeah, you know like, what though? They, they could. Yeah. They're not going to kill him, but like they, they could have, but they could have. Yeah. And they, and they wrap it up in a nice way. And then, you know, they, they have the big cameo and the, right. and the big cameo is really like, I think earned because of the character's connection to the mythology associated with Shazam and you know again i i say this and i stress this as we go forward throughout the discussion that this is very much a movie that is a sequel to shazam which took place in the universe that you were watching when the first movie was made this makes no attempt until the post-credit scenes to make any sense of it it's just like you just you if you watched batman vs superman you watch man of steel you watch justice league you watch this and these are all the same things mm-hmm um, but Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman shows up. I was gonna say uh, Wonder Woman's theme song shows up. Yeah, big and, time. And then Gal Gadot shows yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> Wonder Woman's theme song because they're just like any excuse. To use that I thing. love it because like the Shazam theme is you know there's or the the score for that movie is you know it's adventurous feeling. There's there's youthfulness. There's some hope. There is like you know some Greek grandioseness to it, right? Like you get that like feeling of mythology. There's a lot. And then her theme just just cuts, cuts through in, it. And I'm like, it was kind of great. And it's still a great theme. I it's love just, that theme. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the only thing for the music that i can remember <laughs> yep yep but she shows up and she saves the day and she b- resurrects shazam and you know he makes his and, you know he makes it he, he throws his he, he makes a shot and it doesn't land and then right you know. and it, it that to be fair had been a thread throughout yes like his, and i didn't his, see the trailers i so apparently it was in there i didn't see it i i missed it and if so it may not have been that it might have been the other thing yeah because there's like it used we see 
Wonder Woman mm-hmm. earlier, but like in that way we saw Superman. Yes, and they do it twice. They in the in the sequence where we where where Shazam's talking to Wonder Woman, it is a bait and switch where uh you know they they it's it's from the neck down. Then they pan up and it's the wizard using Billy's dreams to communicate with him. So yeah. Billy obviously is dreaming about like dating and hooking up with Wonder Woman. And uh, that's a fun, it was played for laughs and it does a nice job. And then in the end, they do the same thing where she walks in and it's from the neck down, then they pan up and it is her. Yeah, and you're like, I've heard rumors that like it was deep faked and stuff like that. I, again, I'm not interested and it wasn't terribly bad. I, I didn't think, I didn't notice or, or care. Right. But, uh, you know. But, but like in terms of like, you know, people speculating what that means, I, I mean, unless they're setting up War of the Gods. Which they're not. Which they're not. Like it's just. But, but it makes sense. I it think. makes sense. You're dealing with Greek gods. You got Wonder Woman. Like if someone's going to show up, it would be her. Exactly. No, and I've heard rumors that like, you know, they were going to use Hawkman or somebody from the Black Adam movies. And I'm like, why? That wouldn't it, even it make. It makes more sense for it. Like, she has a direct connection exactly. to the lore. Yep. And to the character, like yeah. to the character and his desires or designs on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, and it was a cute little moment and, and it wraps up and then everybody gets their powers and, you know, the end of the day. Uh, yeah, yay. this this movie does a lot of set up and payoff. Yes, it does. A, know, lot of, like, a lot of set up and payoff. It's the complete opposite of the, um, the unicorn plushie from Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, here's this thing. And, it never comes, and then it never comes it back never up. Never shows back up. But like, I, the chat just reminded me of the firing fiddle. Yes, the violin. The violin. Yeah. Like we see it. We're like, it's just a, it's a joke. You think it's a one-off thing, whatever, and then it comes back, and right. you're like, <laughs> yeah. And it, and and that, that is that is throughout. Um, yeah. But it is. Listen, guys, this is lighthearted. It's a lighthearted movie with minor, it's, like some it's goofy. It is like it is deliberately made to be like for all ages yes it does have some dark moments in it um and it, we do ramp up to that so if you are going with your family trust me you're going to know when it's happening mm-hmm. so you can be prepared for that exactly. um but if you're going in looking for something super serious or like super action-packed there is action but yeah. it's it's fun right this it, is it's, it, yeah it, it's not gonna satisfy your desire for like you know the Snyderverse to be restored or for it to be like a substitute for the mcu or anything like that it's just a fun cute little movie. right and and i gotta tell you there are a lot of um greek mythology characters or like oh yeah like monsters who show up there's you know we got harpies and cyclopses and minotaurs and a chimera yeah. um and they look good they do like they look almost they, like old school like like super old school claymation yes. like there's like something about the way that they are rendered but they look good and yeah. it's, it's like it's frightening it is uh which is which of course reminds you of when they brought the like the sins out in the yes. first movie and how good they look how, how unjustifiably good they looked yeah they look good in this too but they were also just it was good design and uh and, and they're not nerfed for the sake of the movie like right. they are scary and there are uh stakes you yeah. know oh right it's a manticore not a chimera it was a it was a manticore yeah sorry i tried to I've name got, it my in my head i've the got whole time. chimera on the brain you do it's true it's <laughs> sinister but uh yeah no this is you know and then there's the post credit scenes which is a, a completely different conversation so like good stuff also there is a post post credit scene and that is the real post credit scene like, yes you want to see this as a complete thing where you're like i just like shazam you watch shazam one this movie then before the mid credit scene you go to the bathroom and then watch the post credit scene mm-hmm. because the post credit scene is again, played for laughs and it's really, really fun. And it's way better than the ant playing drums and Ant-Man or, you know, uh, Captain America telling you that you missed out, that, that, that nothing's important. Nothing fun's coming at the end. You know, it's, it, but it is not, it, it's a payoff in its own right. 
you know, because of the last post credit scene in the last movie. Um, then there's that mid credit scene. And that one is the, the elephant in the room. And the mid credit scene is the thing where clearly they shot that like two weeks ago. And right. I actually forgot what it was. Yeah. You'll see it on like TikTok and all over the place. Yeah. You've probably seen them already. If you haven't seen the movie, you probably saw the mid credit scene. Mid credit scene clearly shot either by James Gunn or by James Gunn's brother or something. And it's in the DC universe and it's setting things up. It's certainly in the Peacemaker universe because, uh, uh, crap, what's his name? Economos and, uh, Har- and, and his wife and Harvo, Har, Har, Harlock, Hard, Hargrove, Hardgrove. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to get there folks. <laughs> but, uh, the two of them are, uh, recruiting for the justice society, which is actually set up in black Adam because apparently, Amanda Waller developed the Justice Society, which included Dr. Fate and Hawkman and everybody like that. So they're recruiting, and so they go to Shazam, and they meet with him, and they encourage, and, and they invite him to join the Justice Society, although he thinks they're going to say Justice League. Um, Harcourt. Harcourt, thank you. Uh, but that wasn't like, me, that was Chad. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, was, that was my fault, though. I said, I said Hargrove. Who the hell's Hargrove? Oh, he's the character from the Deadly Bees. Anyway, uh, so I was thinking about this and how it fits. So it sets it. Okay, so this is this is so complicated and frustrating and insane that like it won't work. this movie takes place in the Peacemaker universe where Harcourt and Economos like live and all that stuff happened, and also the Black Adam movie is canon in this. We're we're still pre-Flash. Mm-hmm. So why shoot this scene if it's going to be rebooted? Well, I mean, you could make the argument because it's going to be a crisis that some things are pretty much the same, if not similar. Right. So you're telling me that the only thing that will be different in this new unit, like, you know what I mean? Like the, the, we're rebooting, we're getting a new Batman, we're getting a new Superman, right? but we're going to keep Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and Shazam and peacemaker and maybe aquaman unless that movie tanks which of course all indications suggest it will because apparently it's really bad and costs too much and he wants to play lobo anyway you know what i mean like it's just like and and it was made and we have to put it out because we can't back roll that movie it costs 200 million dollars like i i don't know it's just it's really it's it's vexing because you didn't need it you didn't need this post-credit scene that connects it more Maybe they need. Maybe they had something else in place, and they needed something, so they just did this. Right. It could have been a scene with Flash in it, and they were like, "We can't put Ezra Miller in could this." Right Flash now. could have because they do. They know they don't name drop Flash, but they do reference Flash. It's the first superhero they reference it, in the movie. It could. Well, it could have been like it could have been Henry Cavill again. <laughs> yeah, it could have been um, Doctor Fate. It could have been yeah. um, Black Adam. Like, yes, you know what I mean. Like it could have been anything that they're like. No, can't can't do that. Yeah, and you know it's easy to get those two. Yeah. So it could have just been yeah something else, right? I don't know, but it's it's really weird. It 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 was a really weird scene. It was a fun scene. It's a cute scene. It actually fits tonally with everything else. But just like, but what are they doing here? Um, I you know, but what? I think it's like it, I I would not put stock in it as I, an indication I of the future of the say, DC universe. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about it. Like things will unfold, and then you know we can start going back and speculating more. But like for right now. I would not look I at this as a. As I a, wouldn't worry too much about it. I wouldn't think about it. 
It's one of those things where I unless it, unless unless you just derive pleasure from like and I oh from I, things just being connected to things well or like just having thought exercises like there's nothing wrong with that yeah that this this could be a great conversation starter yeah, one we don't have the time for but right, like but there's nothing wrong with that as well yeah no it's true and, and it really is there's nothing that says peacemaker isn't part of the Snyderverse or whatever right. you want to call that stuff the DCEU basically so it's like yeah this is still but it already was we already knew that what do we need Harcourt near for I don't know. And I don't know what James, and by the way, when I said James Gunn directed, I just made a joke because like it was clearly not made when they made that movie. Right. Uh, or maybe it was, I don't know. Shazam acts completely differently in that scene he than does. everything else. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird, but um, yeah, I'd say if you are looking to like catch a matinee or if you want to see a movie with some friends on a Friday night, this isn't bad. No, it's fun. And it, it was, was fun and it's it cute. And, you know, if, if you're looking, you know, if you're one of the, like, if you're, if you're just an MCU fan that's looking for something to kill some time and you're like looking at how's this going to don't don't worry about that. No one wants no one wants to think about that. Least of all, you know, the people who made this movie like David F. Sandberg does not want to think about how this connects, mm -hmm. although it does like it, it. He's like it connects to whatever was made. Uh, and yeah, it's just I, I just I, I had fun watching. I had fun. It. I had fun. For you sure. know, but uh, yeah. I, I would watch it again. Yeah, I'd catch it again. It was cute, you know. But it's out on HBO Max, right? Which will probably be next week. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the first one, so yeah. I would enjoy this as well. Uh, so let's talk about some super chats, and then we will uh, say goodbye. Jose Rivera uh, or Young Goku Number Thousand says y'all's trade slash jump convicts discussion feels like the move for Marvel and DC, and it'll take ten years too long for that to happen. Love the talk. Well, thank you very much. Maybe, I hope not. Maybe Sal and I should put together a PowerPoint presentation and bring it over to them. Why try I sweat says that cameo at the end was straight up filmed a week ago or am I crazy? Uh, no, I think you're right. <laughs> Aiden Hamilton, uh, random comic I always think about and want to suggest Joker annual 2121 story and art. Both are great. Never hear anyone mention it. I didn't read it. So I will uh, definitely check it out and get back to you on that one. Vance Lindsley. Hey, gang, jealous of the gold X-Men deck. I got the prismatic. Uh, besides a comic shop, I also work for a skateboard company. Nice. That's awesome. Um, I'll have to see more of those. Uh, Justin got the mustache. They didn't save Batman. They just let him walk off a building. No. Also, I didn't realize how much I needed to see superheroes save citizens. That's true. I forgot. That yeah, the played. Diedrich Bader. Yeah. 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 And it was nice to see superheroes like being superheroes. It's always fun to see. In his, uh, in in the um, credits, he was like a ghost. What? Yeah, when they showed his name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the people like who died. Yeah, because I noticed that guy. That guy was like, "Please don't kill me." Yeah. At the uh, museum. They were, they were both ghosts. That's awesome. And that's it. So thanks a lot for hanging out with us, everybody. Sorry about that, everybody. Sorry about I that. Guess, that's I, weird. I guess we'll have to solve this uh, webcam problem before the next time. That's right. <laughs> so stay tuned next uh, time for another episode, but also tomorrow, check out uh, uh, my show with uh, Josh Williamson. And if you like this format, you can check out our podcast. That's right. Uh, Elseworlds Exchange and Off the Rack are both on Spotify and Pod and uh, Apple Podcasts and whatnot. If you just want to imagine what we're doing. Yeah, you never know. Ooh. And I'm not going to do anything illicit because this camera I just turn on. You never know. Ah. But uh, all right, everybody, uh, stay tuned for Chris, and we'll see you guys next time. I'm Sal. I'm Tiffany. So long, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.